All right, we are live. Welcome. This is Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into this show. Show this out, show this out, show this out. Right? It's Friday night, Law of One, class number nine. Right? Check it out. Kind of cool. Oops, let me turn that banner off, right? I got that overlay on there. You guys can't see me. Can't see anything. Can't see me. You can't see me. <laughs> Sorry, being silly. All right, there it is. Turn it off. All right, so we were on question nine. We didn't get very far in the questions last time, and then I went kind of crazy at the end there. So uh, those of you that are listening to it on the MP3 uh, file, you guys are going to laugh. <laughs> you did laugh, right? Okay, so uh, we just went through between uh, last week, and I, I don't think I talked about it last week. I didn't. Um, the uh, equinox, so we're we're literally officially in autumn now here in the United States, or the northern hemisphere of the planet. And the energy from the full moon, then the moon, which just passed a few days ago, uh, was, was pretty intense uh, for a lot of people. And some people were, they got really tired. Evening, evening, Wayne. Is that Wayne? Is that right? Uh, welcome. Share this out, share this out. Like I said, I'm not sharing this out. I'm, I, my computer decided again to update. I had it on for more than an hour, and literally 15 minutes before uh, I'm going to go live, this computer decided that it needed to do a Windows update and had to shut down and reboot uh, to uh, to install it. And then, of course, everything starts, and I have to go into the into the uh, uh, manager, the, the program manager, and go into the apps and turn off a bunch of crap. So I had to actually load this on my phone, and I thought about running and grabbing one of my laptops because I didn't think it was going to be ready in time, but it literally got ready, and I jumped in and started this program to, to do the, the, uh, the speak to words, text to words, and, uh, and, and literally I went, okay, I'm ready. What time is it? Crap, go live. <laughs> so I got lucky. But there's still a bunch of junk running in the background right now, so if my latency gets uh, screwed up, I apologize. Uh, I pay for a really good uh, internet because I, I'm a gamer and I play World of Warcraft and I hunt humans. So I have to have Namaste, Reese. Um, how is it down there and down under? Hopefully it's it's uh, better than it is here in the United States. We just got hit with that Ian, the really bad uh, storm on, on that, that you know that uh, hit Florida. There's a lot of conspiracy theorists theorists are talking about how the, you know the the powers that should not be wanted to uh, punish uh, the governor DeSantis of Florida and try to convince him that he shouldn't be running uh, in in the election that might be he might be running for president coming up in the next election. So the biggest storm in history hits the United States just went right across Florida and devastated a bunch of cities in Florida. So far, the the death toll is at 15. Right? Isn't that crazy? I hope everybody in Florida is doing okay. There's a couple of people I haven't talked to. Since all of this craziness, I haven't had time, but I'm going to uh, shout out to uh, Mandy uh, Wilson from uh, Ancient Aliens Worldwide. She's the curator of that of that uh, page that I created, or that group that I created, and page that I created and own still. She takes care of that entire thing, runs the entire thing, and I haven't talked to her uh, since, and I, I, I haven't even checked. I'll be honest with you, it's been so crazy in my life uh, with the stuff that's going on. I haven't even talked to you guys in the Literally just the other day. Was it last night? I'm not even sure what day it was. It's been so crazy. Last night or the night before, I think it was last, might have been last night, I jumped into uh, uh, returning to the old ways and posted 
the old ways song by uh, Lorena McKinnon and then a few other songs because um, I had gotten away from music while I had been studying uh, spirituality and the different scrolls, reading the Dead Sea Scrolls over and over, all of them, and a few other uh, uh, scrolls and tomes. You guys know, if you've talked to me in the last year, you guys know <laughs> what I've been up to. And because of that, I haven't really been uh, very musical. And if you know me, I'm very musically inclined. I was in a band. I was in choir, literally in choir in school and in choir in church, right? And was in a, 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 a speed metal band back when I was a teenager with long hair before I was going bald. And uh, this whole renewal at this autumn solstice in the new moon, all of a sudden I had this craving for returning to the old ways, which is a chat group that uh, that a buddy of mine from South Africa, uh, uh, Peter, Peter GV, it's hard to say his last name. Uh, he created that. And uh, we have a bunch of you guys in there that are in this, that you know, come and watch the show or that are in the uh, Orion Rising uh, Law of One chat group. And if you're not in that, uh, I'll have to try and get the link into the, into the thing here for you. But if you go to Orion Rising and you found this from, from Facebook on Orion Rising, the page, there's a link there that you can go. And if you create a new chat, I'll move you over, tell you to move over to the chat that I've created, that everybody can talk about the, the class and uh, what we've talked about here. We can talk there. And if there's any questions that you guys have that I can't address, for those of you who listen on the MP3 broadcast, you guys can go there. And for those of you who hate Facebook, I apologize. It is Messenger. It is owned. And there is no platform that's not owned by the cabal. Uh, or, you know, uh, so big, big tech or, or one of those people that is large enough to be worldwide. So I apologize. You guys can't, you don't have to send messages to me through via YouTube uh, on my YouTube channel. And I can answer those there. We could chat. Okay. So we're, we're backed up because we never really finished with nine. And nine is talking about the coalition. The, the Coalition of Planets. And I'll try not to go. Last time I went on to the whole history. So if you guys missed that, go back. And I told you all the stuff that Raw couldn't tell you between 1981 and 1984. They couldn't tell you this because it wasn't time. And uh, I'm telling you stuff that I can tell you that's go that's really going on above and outside of the box. Where Peter, welcome. Uh, welcome. How is it in Ireland? Hopefully it's uh, doing uh, good there, not uh, not uh, crazy. Uh, like I said, like it is over here, we have that storm that just de devastated uh, Florida. Fine and, and, but it's dropped to a tropical storm and dissipate uh, as it runs over land, but it's still going to have a lot of water that it's going to drop. So people in, in South Carolina and North Carolina and heading up through the corner of Tennessee and up into the Appalachians is going to, or across them, uh, is going to um, get a lot of water and hopefully not do too much damage. So that kind of sucks, uh, uh, you know, for those guys down there. You know, biggest storm that's ever hit Florida that we, in, since we've been keeping record, just made a right hand turn and shot straight across. Luckily, it didn't shoot straight up on the state like that one was going to try and do a couple of years ago or last year, whenever that was. My, my speaker is, is tripping. It's me moving the microphone. So it's cutting in and out. Is that what it's doing? I'm moving around too much. I apologize. I'll stop doing that. I'm moving around and bumping the microphone. Normally it's sitting on the, you know, on this hanging here. And so I don't, I don't hold on to it. 
and I'm not using a lapel mic because I'm going to be putting the microphone down so you guys can hear. So I'll try to stay with my lips slightly away from the microphone. I'll try not to move around so it doesn't crackle. I apologize for that. So, so uh, uh, hopefully it, it works itself out once I set it down. You guys can hear the questions from Raw and stuff like that. All right, so we are on question nine, and they are talking about, again, the question is about the council. Uh, you can see that. What is the, the, how does the council function? So we're talking about the Council of Venus now, which is the Council of Planets, which is 52 or 53 races uh, 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 that are superior races. And I say that because we're, you know, we're, we don't, we're just now getting space travel. And they're the ones that have quarantined this Earth, fighting the war against uh, what we re refer to as the Orion Crusaders, because that's who they were calling themselves thousands of years ago when they left Orion, when Peter and myself, and I don't see anybody else from our coalition directly in the, in the audience, but Peter Coyle and myself, when we left there and came to this Earth, chasing them. We originated from uh, the Orion's belt, uh, from the three galaxies, universes really, uh, in that region, came here chasing them along with the other people in the 53 races and coalitions. Uh, and now we're, uh, we're trying to fend that off. So a quick history there, 23 solar systems in this region of the universe that we're in uh, were under uh, control by the evil empire that was calling themselves the Orion Crusaders. They call themselves completely something different on every single planet. And even on that planet, they have, uh, you know, like 20 or 30 different names for their secret organizations so that people don't know it's one big giant group of people that are transcending space and time that are in the fourth, the fifth, and uh, partially in the sixth uh, dimension. And that creates the temporal war like we have going on now. It kind of touched on a little bit of the Matrix, but you have to remember that the Matrix was... Uh, uh, right. So, yeah. So, uh, yes. Right. There's welcome. Uh, right. I heard you, you were mentioning me last week. Yeah. Ariel, we were getting dirty. We were talking. I started getting really sexual and dirty, nasty. And I was like, where's Ariel when you need her? She had to eat this shit up. She right. I was getting really graphic. And everybody was laughing. The girls loved it. The guys got quiet. <laughs> and you weren't here to egg me on too bad because it was we were getting I stopped because. I was the only one real well, it was me and and what's her name from uh Sweden. Uh it, she was up till four in the morning. That tells you something. She stayed up uh till four in the morning and laughing because uh, what we were talking about. Because I started by saying, you know, that the women in Sweden are, are probably the best looking women on the face of the earth, only because I am uh, more attracted to, which is weird because I, I married two women that were not blonde haired. Uh one had blue eyes and one had uh, brown eyes, and I'm about uh, blonde hair, blue eyes, or just actually Blue eyes, green eyes. It doesn't matter what color hair you have, or what color skin you have. If you have green or blue eyes, I'm I'm down. So I was getting really really graphic. We were getting great. We get we three and a half hours in. Go back and watch it. You'll laugh. You'll go, oh man, Leo, you're out of control. And wish you were on my show doing that. We'd had a blast if I was live on your show. Okay. So, but welcome, by the way. Right. So. Yeah, next week, Prince Charles, Peter saying this, from Ireland, Peter Coyle, my, my buddy from uh, Coalition, uh, buddy here. Next week, Prince Charles is releasing Prince Philip's documents because under the Disclosure Project, you can, you can the government of the, the world's governments, go 
may task or ask. He's speaking to his phone and sometimes with his Irish accent being so thick, his phone doesn't pick up what he's saying properly. Uh, task to release them. That works. There you go. May task them to release them now and then. The truth about uh, about you at always let you know. Ringland R. See, this is his. His he might even start it. It's late for him, so sometimes he starts speaking Irish, and the phone fixes it up weird. But I'll see if I can figure it out. Are going to be released next week. Secret documents are going to be released. Just just the UFO. Nick Pope is going to be coming out with stuff. Okay. So, uh, okay. So that's twofold then. Right. And if uh, let's hope that they, well, they'll probably release it in the UK. So you may have to give it to us here in America because you know, the American government will not release any of that to the public here. It's just like right now, they still deny that UFOs exist and all other uh, countries have already, their governments have already admitted that UFOs exist and that there are aliens out in the world or out in the universe. So, right. So, and you heard that from a reliable source, Peter said. I heard that from a reliable source. Okay. So, Peter says it's reliable, guys. There's going to be information that's going to be coming out. Ringland, I meant to say that it is High Brazil. I thought that's what you were trying to say, uh, but I wasn't sure of the translation. So, High Brazil, the truth about High Brazil, and the documents are being released. And that's going to be in uh, Jerry's book, who was on our show last month. Uh, from uh, from the guy who wrote the book and was there, him and his cohort wrote about Rendlesham Forest uh, uh, when he was there. Uh, Jim Penniston, right? Am I saying that right? Was the guy who actually touched, I think, unless I'm making a mistake now. The guy who actually, we interviewed him as well. So the guy who actually uh, uh, touched the spaceship that was the airman that was there in Rendlesham Forest that got the binary code in his head Gave that binary code to Jerry and, and Jerry Osborne, or Gary, not Jerry, Gary Osborne has done two uh, um, interviews, exclusive interviews on Ancient Aliens Worldwide that I produced because I own and created Ancient Aliens Worldwide. Check out that group on Facebook. There's two videos up for uh, three hours each, I think. The second one might have only been a couple hours, but the first one was like three hours. And he's going to be releasing a book soon. He is decoded. Though the binary code and it talks about high Brazil, one of the places that I knew about that I couldn't reveal because he had sworn me to secrecy, but he wasn't the one who told me. But once he found out that I knew it, he said, I don't know where you got that from, but that's like CIA knows that. I'm like, I know what the CIA knows and beyond that. So one of the binary codes that was given was a place in the water that is now uh, just water. And it was where high Brazil was. Before, when High Brazil was there and it was above water, before High Brazil, uh, the spaceship that was that was there uh, moved. Uh, a lot of people don't realize, although it's, it, they they say the island is still there, it's just underwater. They say that about uh, about Atlantis as well, and they, some people say that High Brazil is in fact Atlantis. Uh, when you when you follow uh, all of the clues, it kind of leads to the same place in the same part of the ocean which was off the coast of Ireland uh, and England, uh, sort of a south, south by southwest uh, area, which is exactly where they think that uh, Atlantis was as well, uh, which is weird. So nobody has proven either, right? So Denise, Julie, welcome. Um, 
so so if they're going to release that, I know that Nick Pope already knows because I knew. And if I know, Nick Pope knew. He was the defense minister for the U.K. I was not the defense minister for the U.K. I was, in fact, in the Secret Service, but not, not I didn't rank that high. But because of the coalitions that I am in, I get information that is information that presidents don't get of the United States. They don't get much of anything these days anyway. They get other shit that I, you know, that I don't care about. But globally and and uh, in off world stuff that goes on there is the stuff that I'm uh, concerned with. I don't concern myself with the religion of politics or money or power. That's a religion of evil and evil people and evil minded people. So I don't I don't care about that crap. I pay attention to it because it is evil and they're up to shit. But the truth is, it's part of the yin and the yang, and it needs it's necessary and it has to be there. And you guys will get to that place at some point. And you'll look down on that, and, and you'll be above it, and you'll go, yeah, that has to be there. It's perfect. It's beautiful. It's this beautiful dance. Okay. So so we'll be talking about, right? Right? So what is it? Julie says, Denise, uh, beyond processing, we've been lucky so far, have quite a few more hours to go. Oh, okay. So you're talking to her about something that is not talking about the show today. <laughs> it's talking about something you guys were talking about off off of the air. Okay. I apologize for that then. So, yeah. Okay. So you guys are dealing with that, right? Is that what's going on? Okay. So you guys are on the East coast of the United States and you guys are dealing with and processing what's going on uh, in the South East of the United States of America with the storm front that's, uh, that has devastated our, our nation over there in a couple of States. Okay. So good luck to you guys. I'm glad that you're on air right here. That means you're okay. Uh, if you have any family members, our my prayers go out to them. Our prayers, we will send them to. There's people that I know that are in Florida. There's people that I know in a lot of other places, right? Jen, welcome. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and, and get going on more about the coalition. Uh, what Raw told um, Dawn about the coalition, you've I've told you far more about the coalition than he knew, but that was you know that was 40 years ago, right? That was 40 years ago. The information that I've been telling you is information that couldn't be told to the human race. And there's more. Those of you who know me and have been in the groups, those of you who know Dromvalo Mulchizedek or watched that video that Peter uh, posted in the group last month, you guys uh, saw it firsthand. And if you're on my show the night before that, you saw it firsthand. There's other information that Peter knows, and sometimes he gets going on it and can't uh, tell either. Uh, Peter Coyle, that is, because uh, there's Peter from South Africa. That's Peter GV. And then there's Peter Coyle, and he's in Ireland. Two different people with the name Peter, but two different people. Um, and we have information about stuff we just can't divulge yet. It's, it, things have to happen in their time, right? And so there's some things that we can't tell people. It's just like a psychic, and they'll tell you there's some things they can't tell. I don't know why I have glasses on. I'm not reading yet. There's some things that they can't tell people when someone asks them a question because it's something that they're supposed to go through on their own and learn on their own, and you can't tell them. You get that information from the universe. The universe will stop you if you try to tell that stuff. You you the inter- literally will get an intervention, and you will have guides go. You cannot say that, and it's just like when Gandalf went, "You shall not pass." You can't. Okay, uh, and then and then if you try, you're you're literally your memory will be wiped. A lot of people love to tell you that that is. The evil people that are paying attention and they know what you're going on in your mind, right? Not, and that they'll erase your memory so that you won't remember it because you're telling stories you shouldn't be telling uh, because of their uh, evil scheme. 
That's all bullshit. That's children being afraid of the dark. The truth is the universe itself, because of people, each of us individually have to ascend at our own pace in our own time on our own journey. There are certain things that then get blanketed under because of the laws of the law of one chaos, uh, you know, and and other you know free will and that and, and a few others. Those are the prime directives. So there's things that if I try to say something and it's out of bounds and the people that are listening or potentially people that could be listening are not ready for, I won't be able to say it. So it's not like it blankets the entire world. And, well, what if somebody, uh, you know, was brand new as a brand new soul and you said this stuff, you're giving away, you know, you can try and break that down all you want. But that that's not covered that way. But it is covered as a blanket for the entire race. When it comes to certain things that haven't happened yet that people aren't aware of that I know are going to happen, there are some things I can't tell you. And that is why Nostradamus, one of the reasons why Nostradamus never says, oh, that was a joke, doesn't know if nothing comes true until after it happens. That's only because you don't understand it until it happens. That is only, let me repeat that, that is only because you don't understand what Nostradamus said until after it happens and then you go, wait a minute, and you look because it happened no, no no because it happened you're able to see that that's what he was talking about okay Most people see what he said ahead of time but there's some things that even he was trying to say that he couldn't say and that's in there too okay and th those are the things that when god and we talked about this on the show when the creator of the universe was was taking people up and saying that like Daniel and, and a few others, you here's this information that you're going to get, but you're going to write all this down. Now that it's written down, eat that paper. You're going to rock up this information because it's not for you to understand or anyone else that is alive today. It is for people to understand far in the future. But yet that's there and it's written that, hey, by the way, God told me some shit that I can't tell anybody and I don't get to know about it. And you won't understand it until later. And these people in the future are going to be able to figure it out. And it's for those people, okay? That stuff happens on earth as it does in heaven. So as below, so above. So that stuff happens all the time with, with psychics when we're talking to the other side. And then above and beyond that, if you are, in fact, in communication with off-world beings and the reality of the universe and what's happening above and beyond, just like the prime directive in Star Trek, if you watch that series or ever have, their prime directive is you cannot interfere with the natural evolution of a species. So you cannot let them know if they're not, if they don't have technology, you can't show them all your technology and give them technology when they're not ready for it because they have to go through the process of learning it and creating it on their own and then going through all the trials and tribulations, the death and destruction, turning everything into weapons, all of that stuff, and then doing all the things that you naturally have to do in the natural order and possession and progression of a species because we're in contact some of us with people uh, that are far more advanced than we are in the universe there are certain things that we can't tell everybody on the earth because they're not ready for it okay what happens is if you take if you give a child a gun and teach the child how to shoot people but don't teach that child that it's not okay to kill people and you should never do that with this gun the child's not gonna understand. They go you gave me a gun 
And now you tell me I can't use it? That child is going to get mad. And because children are driven by their ego, they're going to pick that gun up and shoot somebody with it out of anger because they don't have the wherewithal, the understanding, the knowledge, the wisdom to not do that. Okay? So that's the same. You have to realize, I've talked about this last week, and I talk about this all the time. The IQ test on this earth is based on the fact, fact, according to science, not me, according to science, not me, according to the scientists, based on the fact that no human being on this earth is above the age of 18 years of age, 18 years of age, mentally, maturity level. If you are, in fact, 18 or older, you're considered a genius because you are, in fact, an adult. Do you understand that? So the IQ test is based on the fact that the average human being has a maturity level of a 12-year-old child. Not a joke. Most people are just right around that. That's average. So for the people who are a little bit above average, you're somewhere in the teens. Okay, but you're not, not very many people are above that. That's the statistic. The IQ can be taught, and they don't want you to know that. The more knowledge that you gain, the smarter you become because you gain knowledge and wisdom, your IQ goes up. They don't want you to know that. They want you to think that your IQ is permanent from the time you're born. And, and then the, what they do is they educate their own people so their own people get a higher IQ, and they pretend that they're just smarter than you guys and tell you they're smarter than you. You're fucking monkeys. Pardon my American. But that's the truth. That's what they do. Okay, that's part of the lies that they tell. All right. So what does that have to do with the law of one? Because the coalition, which we're talking about here, and we're gonna I'm gonna start in a second. The coalition of of Venus, that's where they're based, is on in, in the planet or on the planet. I can't tell you exactly where, whether it's on or in or around the planet of Venus. Venus in our solar system is where they're based. Boom, lock down this entire solar system. Okay. So when people say, I saw a UFO the other day or a UAP, that's what the American government officially calls them now, un unidentified uh, aerial phenomenon, not unidentified flying object, because there's a difference. It's like, it's like the slogan, make America great again and build back better. Those are completely different, like left twix and right twix, or a janitor and a custodian, right? Okay, children think there's a difference between those, but there's not. Do you see? That's the point of that. That's why they joke about it in, in the Twix commercials, where they point that out, right? You're a ghost, but I'm a spirit. Do you see? So, like there's a difference. Right. Okay. So this is what we're talking about. And I'm going to start right here because he's asking questions about the function of the council and raw. Uh, we'll get into that and then we'll continue from there. I know I went on a long 30 minutes here uh, before I got into it. And a lot of people probably tuned out because your attention span is way too short. And you're like, oh, my God, he hasn't even done anything. But I'm out of here, man. There's got to be something else that's going on that I can watch for 30 seconds. It's unfortunate, but that's what the programming has gotten you guys uh, out there, me, you, and everybody else uh, programmed for. That's why somebody was on TikTok. They came onto Facebook and went, oh, my God, I watched something on TikTok that was three minutes long, like as if they just watched a movie that was seven hours long, right? 
TikTok because they, you know everything there is like fucking thirty seconds or fifteen seconds, right? All right, so here we go. Yeah, right. Jen says just leave it alone. They figure they need to do it on their own. That's the truth. They do. I mean, that's that is the truth, right? Uh, okay, so here we go. I'm going to go ahead and start. This is uh, session uh, seven, question number nine. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and start. Hopefully, hopefully he's not going to have horse, uh, you know, uh, uh, raw horse raw. We'll find out if he's got a scrappy voice or if it's actually the computer voice. I think it's hilarious when he does that. All of a sudden, he sounds like he's horse. I'm like, what is that? Where does that come from where a computer program gets horse all of a sudden? And then his voice turned into this. It's weird. It's hilarious. Okay. AI, look out, right? Okay, here we go. Question 7.9 questioner. I have a question here, I believe, about that council from Jim. Who are the members, and how does the council function? Answer RA, I am RA. The members of the council are representatives from the confederation and from those vibratory levels of your inner planes bearing responsibility for your third density. The names are not important because there are no names. Your mind slash body slash spirit complexes request names and so, in many cases, the vibratory sound complexes which are consonant with the vibratory distortions of each entity are used. However, the name concept is not part of the council. If names are requested, we will attempt them. However, not all have chosen names. In number, the council that sits in constant session, though varying in its members by means of balancing, which takes place, what you would call irregularly, is nine. That is the session council. To back up this council, there are 24 entities which offer their services as requested. These entities faithfully watch and have been called the guardians. The council operates by means of, what you would call, telepathic contact with the oneness or unity of the nine, the distortions blending harmoniously so that the law of one prevails with ease. When a need for thought is present, the council retains the distortion complex of this need, balancing it as described, and then recommends what it considers as appropriate action. This includes, 1, the duty of admitting social memory complexes to the confederation, 2, offering aid to those who are unsure how to aid the social memory complex requesting aid in a way consonant with both the call, the law, and the number of those calling, that is to say, sometimes the resistance of the call, 3, internal questions in the council are determined. Okay, so, so that shows you how many people sit 24 7 365 there are nine people that are overseeing that council at just around the clock it doesn't mean that they're sitting there around the clock forever and they never get time to rest right but there are nine people always and then the 20 something that back them and then there's the advisors so if somebody hears the call right and the call is oh you know oh no we're stuck the planet's stuck please help and somebody hears that call and then they want to come and help. They don't just they can't just come down here. We're in a quarantine. So it's not like evil people can show up another whole race and go, oh, we got them, man. Let's go. Assist. It doesn't happen. So you'll have to check in with the council. And if you don't, you get repelled. So quickly, there you have to remember there's there's uh, there's things out there that now I'm getting into a place where I'm having a hard time explaining. Because it's not, they're not allowing me to tell everything that's going on. Uh, but we, there, there is, 
literally an armada that is out there blockading, but there's also a shield, okay? There is a, what we would think is magic shield, right? There is a shield that is shielding this entire solar system, not just the Earth, but the entire solar system, okay? And you can't just fly through. It just doesn't work. It's, if you saw any of the Star Wars, then you know they have shields that are projected from one place, and they surround an entire. At one point, they were around the the Death Star. Another place with, uh, in the the movies were uh, Rise of Skywalker. The ones before that, the Force the Rising, uh, in that where they had it around another planet, which was a, a bigger Death Star, right? And you have so that that is what's going on. And you can't just like go, I'm going to send a team in and we're going to blow up that reactor and it's going to make the the whole thing come down. And I got a team and I, I couldn't speak for you, pal. I know you wanted to come. Yeah, I know, Chewie, but I, I couldn't speak for you. So, but, you know, it's going to be rough. We're going to go down and we're going to take out that reactor. It's not like that, right? You can't just do that because that's not on the plane that, that now I'm getting into a place again where I'm having a hard time. It's not on the third dimensional plane, but it exists here and it protects the solar system from penetration by anybody in the third dimension and in the fourth dimension uh, and in the fifth dimension. That nobody can come through in any of those dimensions uh, to this Earth or to the solar system. I was going to try and describe how it was set up, but that was being stopped. Um, I would suggest uh, listening to Corey Good. He kind of explains it in a few places, uh, talking about the refractors, the lenses, uh, the big satellites that are up there, and the blue uh, lights uh, that are up there. Uh, he has a little bit um, more leeway because of uh, where he is in the coalition to be able to get that information out so you guys can listen to that uh, information that he has. That's he'll get a little bit more detail than I can get into. Uh, one because I don't know as much as he knows about it, uh, and and therefore it, you know you can't. It, it's like it's like trying to bear false witness. You can't lie about something when it really comes to certain things. Uh, they just won't let you do it, right? So you'll it'll sound so stupid if I lie. You'll know it because anybody who's paying attention that's not a child is going to go. That doesn't even freaking work, man. That guy they just made that up. I can tell, right? Okay, so the coalition is there. And and it's not just those people, but they're the ones who sit on the council. Okay, so, the, so there's, there's no, there's, you don't show up here. Say, uh, I'm going to come and show up as a soul who wants to become a, a uh, walk-in or a uh, wanderer, and I got to wait for business hours, right? You show up and sign on the door that says, uh, "We're open between nine and five, uh, uh, you know, Earth standard Zulu time." Uh, please come back, and we're off on, on Saturdays and Sundays. That doesn't happen. The council is literally 24-7, 365 across uh, three different dimensions, okay? And there's nine people seated that, that will hear all in stuff, and, and then if they need counseling, that's what the other 20-some-odd, uh, it varies between 21 and 27 uh, that are there. He just gave a, a, a rough number of 23, I think he said. Uh, but that kind of varies depending on when and what's going on, cycles of. Uh, change a few variables that we're not going to get into today. 
So then, then those people, then there's other uh, guides beyond that that he didn't talk about. They didn't talk about it. Or using the vernacular, he referring to raw. They didn't refer to. And you, so you show up and you say, I heard the call and I want to help. And then they question you to make sure that you're not evil. You're not in service to self uh, trying to sneak on board uh, Earth. And so you they, they check you out and make sure that you're, it doesn't take long to figure out if you're in service to self or others. Really quickly, they're seers. I know because I have the site. I can see that in every single person. I, in fact, I, you give me a photo. I don't care if you Photoshop it. I can look at you and still see that because there are certain things in the pupil you can't change. Uh, but if I meet somebody in person, I have that. That's really it scares evil people because I sort so I look at them, their heart jumps and they become afraid of me and that and then they hate me, hate, hate, hate me. And they'll lie about me and try to deceive people about me because they're scared to death of me. There's there's a woman here that lives in this apartment complex. Uh, there was a guy and he, of course, was driven out because he was actually staying with a girl that lived above me upstairs. That didn't last long because he couldn't be in, even in my presence because he's only nine feet, 10 feet away from me any given time because they're only 10 feet, you know, nine feet above me is the ceiling. Uh, so there were, you know, literally his feet were about 10 or 11 feet above my head, you know, or, or actually not above my head because I'm six foot tall. So so he literally was feeling my energy whenever he was here. It drove him nuts. It drove, he didn't he wouldn't even look at me if I would, if I was outside, I was driving and he came. He's done this a few times where he was driving into the complex and he got to know that it's me. He parks, he parked next to me. So he knew my vehicle and I come driving out and I look at him and wave and he wouldn't even look at me, would not even look at me, could not look at me, looked away from me always with disdain and just this hatred, right? Never spoke to the guy, never met him, but I knew the first time we made eye contact that he was evil. Well, he ended up leaving and she got rid of him. And there's a woman that lives here. And the first now she avoids me. She walks on the other side of the street. She won't come near me. And if I'm outside, she watches me the whole time as if I'm a predator and I'm going to get her. And, I, and, and she'll sit there and stare at me no matter what she's doing until, until I'm out of sight. And she'll move. If I'm standing still and I'm on one side of the street, she will literally cross and go to the other side and, and walk away and, and, and watch me the entire time. I'm not even kidding. She walks. Sometimes she walks back and forth in front of my uh, house walking her dog and she'll go back and forth five or six times and i know she's trying to get my attention she wants me to look at her i won't and then sometimes i'll just turn and look at her and then she'll stop is this woman just tripping what is she doing and then sometimes she walks by and she'll have a guy with her i'm like oh now she's telling everybody that she's afraid right so i'm sure she's telling people in the apartment complex look out that guy's you know whatever and then i've always had rumors spread about me because of that uh, and people around me have laughed and they're like, that dude's scared of you. I'm like, that's because he's evil. And as soon as we made eye contact, he's afraid of me because I'm Gandalf the White. And he sees that. Some of them are psycho and they might try. But I'm all right with that too. Okay. So. Here the whole time I was on camera, like laying down in my chair. I apologize. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead. Because <laughs> earlier when I was reading, you guys saw me looking at the monitor. That's funny. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and continue here. But the council is open 24/7. They're there to stop anybody to, to check people to to give yes or no whether they can come here. So everybody has to check in. You just don't remember that because if you're brought here legally, 
uh, even Jesus used those terms. If you come in and you're born here into a body, then you're mind wiped like everybody else because those are, in fact, the rules. Okay, let's continue. So my microphone is really static. Well, it's it, I apologize for that. Is it static when uh, it's just when I'm talking, or is it static when raw? See, it's got to be because me. I keep moving, right? Finn, welcome. It's been a while. Glad to see you back again. Right, you were here last week. You hadn't been here for a minute. So I apologize because I keep moving around. I'll have to stay stagnant. I apologize, Jen. Hopefully it's okay. Tell me in the chat if it's okay when it's just raw talking because the microphone's just sitting there. I'm not even touching it. So I keep moving around uh, in my chair. It's a rocking chair, right? Just when I talk. Yeah, see? It's because I'm holding the microphone. I'm moving around. I'm moving around and moving around, and that's what screws up the microphone. When I set it down, that's why I leave it hanging in that, that thing. Normally, it's in the boom, right? It's a boom mic, and I'm just near it when I talk, but I can't leave it in the boom because I can't get it near the speakers. So I'll have to try and remember, don't freaking move, dummy. Okay. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and <laughs> apologize that it's getting all static. And that's me bumping the microphone, moving the microphone, moving my head, moving my body, and not sitting still while I'm talking. See, that'll just mean that I need to shut up and let Raw do the talking and then comment as, as little as possible and not sit around and hold the microphone uh, thinking I'm some sports announcer, right? <laughs> all right. Here we go. These are the prominent beauties of the council. They are, if in any doubt, able to contact the 24 who then offer consensus slash judgment slash thinking to the council. The council then may reconsider any question. Question, 7.10 questioner, is the council of nine the same nine that was mentioned in this book? Questioner gestures to Yuri. Answer, R.A., I.M.R.A. The Council of Nine has been retained in semi-undistorted form by two main sources, that known in your naming, as Mark and that known in your naming as Henry. In one case, the channel became the scribe. In the other, the channel was not the scribe. However, without the aid of the scribe, the energy would not have come to the channel. Question, 7.11 Questioner, the names you spoke of, are they Mark Probert and Henry Pulverick? Answer, R.A. IMRA. This is correct. Question, 7.12 Questioner, I am interested in the application of the law of one as it pertains to free will and what I would call the advertising done by UFO contact with the planet. That is, the council has allowed the quarantine to be lifted many times over the past 30 years. This seems to me to be a form of advertising for what we are doing right now, so that more people will be awakened. Am I correct? Answer. R.A., I.M.R.A. It will take a certain amount of untangling of conceptualization of your mental complex to reform your query into an appropriate response. Please bear with us. The Council of Saturn has not allowed the breaking of quarantine in the time-slash-space continuum you mentioned. There is a certain amount of landing taking place. Some of these landings are of your peoples. Some are of the entities known to you as the Group of Orion. Secondly, there is permission granted, not to break quarantine by dwelling among you, but to appear in thought form capacity for those who have eyes to see. Thirdly, you are correct in assuming that permission was granted at the time slash space in which your first nuclear device was developed and used for confederation members to minister unto your peoples in such a way as to cause mystery to occur. This is what you mean by advertising and is correct. 
the mystery and unknown quality of the occurrences we are allowed to offer have the hope for intention of making your peoples aware of infinite possibility. When your peoples grasp infinity, then and only then, can the gateway be opened to the law of one. Question, 7.13 Questioner, you mentioned both our people and those of Orion coming here. Can you expand on that? Answer, R.A., I am R.A. Your thought complexes did not match your vibratory sound complexes. We are unable to respond. Please restate your query. Question, 7.14 Questioner, I'll just ask about Orion. You mentioned Orion as a source of some of the contacts of UFOs. Can you tell me something of that contact, its purpose? Answer, R.A., I am R.A. Consider, if you will, a simple example of intentions which are bad slash good. This example is Adolf. This is your vibratory sound complex. The intention is to presumably unify by choosing the distortion complex called elite from a social memory complex and then enslaving, by various effects, those who are seen as the distortion of not elite. There is then the concept of taking the social memory complex thus weeded and adding it to a distortion thought of by the so-called Orion group as an empire. The problem facing them is that they face a great deal of random energy released by the concept of separation. This causes them to be vulnerable as the distortions amongst their own members are not harmonized. Answer. Sorry, I was trying to pause. I wouldn't pause. So uh, he said the Council of, of Saturn that time, and I apologize because I said the Council of Venus there. And um, the count, there is a Council of Venus and there is a Council of Saturn, but those are across different boundaries of reality. And I was thinking eight dimensional and he's talking about six dimensional. And I should have been talking about the six dimensional when I was saying the eighth dimension, because at, because I know that in the rings of Saturn, there is so it's the other way around. I apologize. In the rings of Saturn, there is uh, uh, an entire species living in the rings that are eighth dimensional beings. And here on this planet, there is also eight dimensional beings living on the earth and in the earth. Uh, but and, and that's obviously not something that we can get anywhere near. Uh, and there is a council then as well. And I and I apologize for that because there there is a separation. At the one that's governing the 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 planet uh, in the lockdown in the third dimension is uh, is not Venus. It is in fact in the rings of Saturn. And the one that is uh, that is quarantining in uh, you know the 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 upper levels of a fifth and sixth is in the eighth dimension but by that time because once you get halfway through the sixth dimension there is no more evil um so they're uh they're going you know backwards in dimension to the sixth to hold that place so that uh so that at that place um you know at the at the lower level or the upper level of halfway so it would be the lower levels one two three and four and five of the sixth dimension the sixth density um, that's where they're holding that so it's two different councils but they're working together and he's in raw doesn't know that because raw is about to go into the sixth dimension and raw is not capable of giving any information about anything above the third to dawn at the time right but we've evolved as a species 
in the last 40 years to the point where we can know more knowledge and more things have happened and have progressed so that the you know we we literally are in a different time we're literally now you know in that time of uh, of what the um Mayans and Incans would call the the um the uh, Bakhtun 13 which is Bakhtun 12 ended in 2012 and Bakhtun 13 is beginning right so so I apologize for that. And and I was trying to stop it there. And for some reason, it uh, acted like it was going to stop, then it didn't. So the the council and what was going on there, and it, the the he was explaining, they were explaining, the, they were using the vernacular of Adolf Hitler and socialism and also elitism and what that does. Now, I wanted to stop here because... Most people don't understand, and I'm going to try to move less so that I don't screw up the microphone. I'm going to sit still now. I'm getting into a comfortable position where I can sit still and not move around. So you have to understand the energy release or generation of energy that happens with certain things. Most people, because most people are, in fact, in service to, to others, not in service to self, have no concept of the energy generation, the energy release, the energy activation of being in service to self. And having those things happen to you that generates energy and releases energy that they actually gain in strength from. Most people don't get that. 99% of the population does not understand what happens when that happens and why people do that, okay? Women who are raped say, why why did he do that? Why was I abused? It's because they have no conceptual value in their mind as to why that would happen to them. And the answer is, because they can, first of all. Secondly, because of the act of them doing that to you gives them not just a sexual release, but gives them actual power. Okay? You need to realize that in their religion, because it is a religion, in their spiritual way of life, which is being in service to self. It's not just being selfish. They don't just get off on it, right? That's what they want everybody to hear and everybody to say, oh, they do that because they get off on it. Well, they do, but in a way that you don't understand. Unless you've been exposed to magic and old old ways spirituality on on not an, an evil side of things. I just watched a video. I'm, I'm moving the cord now, so my microphone's probably screwing up because I was pointing at the screen. I watched a video that was sent to me by Peter, who was in the crowd. And it's a video of Angelina Jolie when she was 33 years old, when she was what we call here in America, punked into the Illuminati. She was talking to her friends about the sexual right and the magic that was being cast sexually on her and then she got the tattoos on her back at the time 
and she was explaining this stuff, okay? And if you watch the documentary Above Majestic, there was a German uh, gentleman who, in fact, was speaking German, and they had to put subtitles for him, who died during the making, oddly enough, after exposing the, uh, the Luciferians, which you guys call the Swamp or the Illuminati or the Bilderbergers or... Uh, the Skull and Bones, and they're all the same. They just have different names for the same organizations. There are different levels of the same organization. The further down you, the slave level you go to the to the slave level itself, they all have different uh, secret organization names. And that shows the station of the slave. Do you understand? And the, and the aristocrats. So it's just like having a private and then a and then a you know and then a a, a a corporal, then a sergeant. It's just like in the military. And then you have a first lieutenant, second lieutenant, right? And then you have a a captain, and then you have different ranks of that. And then you have the you know the the colonel and different ranks of that, and the and the 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 generals and different ranks of that. You know that it's the same thing. They just have different names for them in different organizations around the world. Okay, and in every country around the world they have different ones that are that are there in every single country and sometimes in different places in the same country the same function will have a different name on a west coast east coast basis north or south or whatever depending on your country okay and you have to realize that the act of dominating someone physically and sexually you, they don't just gain a sexual uh, gratification Okay, they gain power that they get in. They get energy that is released by you that they consume, like an energy vampire. That's a real thing, by the way. And you can you people and I've and I've met people and I've combated people, by the way, and I've also counseled people who have run into and what we call an energy vampire. That's where the whole vampires came from. Of, of, of you know drinking your blood it's the energy in your in your dna it's the energy of your aura it's the energy of your soul that's generated that you generate and when something happens to you that is pleasurable that rock stars will tell you this they get up on stage and they say there's this transfer of energy that they can feel that they're playing their music and they're putting their energy into their music and that energy is going out to the crowd and their crowd is reciprocating with energy that they're going and giving back to the musicians. And the musicians are absorbing that energy and transferring that energy back into their music and sending it back to the crowd. This is real. This is not imaginary. Okay? And this happens with everything. And that's why on both sides, good and bad, light and dark, in service to others and in service to self, if you're in tune with your mind, body, soul, complex totality, and the energies of the universe and the and the everything, the all, infinity, and infinite wisdom, then you realize that that sex actually is an exchange of energy. If you've read the the uh, 21 Lessons of Merlin or the 18 Lessons of Merlin, depending on where you're at in the world. There's two different uh, books that are out there. Or The Sword and the Stone. You will show Merlin. Merlin, when he was teaching Arthur, when Arthur was young, 
he was telling him that at the time, the one religion that was the Viking, Southern Viking, Western Southern Viking religion that we now call uh, pagan and Druidism used to be one religion together. And then it was separated in the pagan religion. The Wiccan religion was the feminine energy and the Druid religion was the masculine energy. It is no longer that. Mostly here in America, that they, they you know people try to do that, and, and, it, and it's a, they try to do that with the Wiccan religion. They try to have it being very feminine, but there's also masculine energy that's involved in it. Everything has been has been distorted now. But back originally, they were all men were were druids, all women were Wiccans, okay, and they knew then what fighters and boxers know now when you're being trained as a fighter in america i don't know about the rest of the world but i'm pretty sure it is the same way when you're getting ready for a fight they, they won't let you have sex not because it makes you meaner because you haven't had sex a lot of people are like yeah because then his testosterone is full and he's a beast that's not why that's not why at all okay Right? See, Peter's running two energy vampires a couple of years ago. You had to go and attack them. I didn't see that, Peter, that you put there until the Denise said, What, Peter, what? So years ago, right? He had to he had to do that. Yeah, they drained his energy. They had they were taking his energy. And you don't know it if they're very nice to you and you don't realize it. It's see the the lesson that they were trying to teach in uh in Star Wars. When the Sith arose and no one knew the Sith was even there. Do you remember that in, in oh, episode one and two and three? Those are the ones that nobody liked because those were the ones that had the most lessons about the secrecy of the Force and especially the in service to self, the dark side of the Force. Okay. And Palpatine was able to keep his entire existence as a Sith Lord hidden from the council of jedi for almost 50 years think about that the most evil there's only ever one sith lord and he was hidden from their view of their powers for almost 50 years you get to see the time when uh you know when he's looking at little anakin little annie who was eight years old until Anakin was in his 20s. You get to see that part of it. And then he disappears and everybody thinks he's dead until, right, because Luke supposedly killed him or, or Vader did when Vader picked him up and threw him off into the, into the, uh, to the uh, uh, whatchamacallit, the engine of, of the uh, Death Star. You think he's dead for another generation. He appears again when when Leia's son is now in his 20s. So for another 20 years. So for that 40-year span, they only knew of his existence for, for less than a year. Think about that. Okay? And in that time period, he was, he was hiding and gaining more and more power. Now, let's shift to Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings. Okay? And during the time when everybody thought that that um, Saruman was dead, thousands of years went by, and he was still alive and gaining strength and power and didn't raise his ugly head until 
until, you know, he did it once, and then it was two generations later, and he raised his head again, and they were able to defeat him. Now let's shift to another lesson that was being taught in, in um, whatchamacallit, um, I can't think of the name, Hogwarts with, what's his name? I can't think of his name. Why am I not, why am I drawing a blank right now? And you had Voldemort, who everybody thought was dead, who was in fact not dead, and was hiding, and no one was able to sense that Voldemort was, yeah, Peter, we do need to talk about that later, by the way. <laughs> I'll get into the energy vampire stuff uh, a little bit more too here in a second, but yeah, we, yeah. So, <laughs> right. So Voldemort was in fact not dead, was hiding after attacking and killing uh, what's his name's parents and then trying to kill him. And then he, he was not able to. Why? Because they were linked, right? Again, this goes back to Star Wars. The good and the evil was they were linked. You had both in two different people. And why am I drawing a blank on Harry Potter? Thank you, Peter. I don't know why I was drawing a blank on Harry Potter. But here again, Harry was linked to Voldemort. They were the same soul. They were split. I don't know if you guys didn't catch that in the movies. And I'm, I didn't read the book to that part, but I don't know if you caught that in, if it was pronounced officially in the book, but they were the opposites of the same person. Okay. So the same thing happened in Star Wars with Leia's son and, and, and uh, Han Solo's kid, Ben, and uh, Palpatine's granddaughter. Okay, so Vader's grandson and Palpatine's granddaughter were a divergent in the in the force. They were one soul split into good and evil. The whole purpose of that storyline is your ego and your conscience that make up the id of your consciousness. There again, here's another example. Fight Club. In Fight Club, at the very end, you realize that Tyler Durden is, in fact, on the lowest base vibration, a split personality of whatever Edward Norton's character was, his name was, and I don't remember. Okay? And as it turns out, that was his ego again. So all of these stories are trying to tell you that the devil is within you. Because the devil is your ego. The devil is your potential of being in service to others. And the angel, there's one on your left shoulder, which is the devil. And there's one on your right shoulder, which is an angel. The one on your left shoulder is your ego. The one on your right shoulder is your conscience. Not your consciousness. Not your consciousness, but your conscience. Okay? And both of those together make up two sides of you, positive, negative, masculine, feminine, the kundalini energies in the universe. This is what the law of one is about. It's what the law of one, not just the warning of that struggle on the dichotomy between good and evil, that is the microcosm, the gigantic storyline in this, in this space opera, this rock opera that is the, the, the universe. But the microcosm, that which is within, is as with, is without 
So within you is the same thing going on that is going on in the universe. On this planet, the same thing is going on externally to our physical body that is going on internally in your mind and your soul. This is the law of one. This is the part of the law of one that Don never gets into, but Ra's trying to tell you. And this is what he's trying to tell about right here, giving the example of the energy exchange that happens from nefariousness when they set up a caste system, which they did, and this is where they used Hitler, Adolf. And they talk about the elitism of the cronyism of the people, the white Aryan race claiming that it was the the master race, and then the Jewish people being the victims and the slave. And you have that same thing that goes on in uh, Australia with the Aborigines, and the same thing that goes on in North America, uh, in the United States, and in Canada with the Native Americans. That, that's the same struggle that's going on within you. This is the secret to the law of one. This is why I'm telling you all that I'm getting into details that I didn't get into last time. All I did was translate what it is. is if you go back and listen to my archives, you just hear me translate and never actually get into the spiritualism of the law of one. This is why I'm redoing this and having classes. Okay. So he's talking about, they're talking about, I say he again, that's the vernacular that's drummed into my system, about the energy that is released when somebody brutalizes you and dominates you in some way and makes you the victim. And you become the victim of something that they do. You, They gain energy from you. Energy vampires take your energy from your aura. They rape your body and soul of its aura. And that does damage to your soul and your physical body. I've had it happen. If someone does it, and here, I'm going to explain it, and those of you those of you who are still here that didn't run away thinking that what I was talking about had nothing to do with the law of one, because you have no patience. They all left, the ones that were like, I don't know, look at them. There he goes. He's so not talking about the law of one. They're the ones who don't get this, but not supposed to know it. Everyone who tunes out, and then they tune back in to check later. Let's, I'm going to go back and see if he's still rambling. And then they pop back in, and then as soon as I start rambling in their mind, they take off. Those of you who stay here, you guys get actually all the cookies. You guys get all the secrets. That's why Peter knows this, because he does the same thing. Peter knows, and he'll stay at a certain point because he knows the information that's going to come out is actually shit you need to know. Okay? So when they set up that system and they brutalize an entire race of people, they and, and or and or do what the cabals worldwide are doing to this earth now, getting you to live in fear. When you live in fear, you generate a certain energy that they consume. Energy vampires, evil people consume that energy. They gain power from that. I'm going to give you an example. I've talked about this before. Here in the United States or anywhere, wherever you're from, if you've ever seen on television, on your newscasts, or if you're watching American news, a serial killer, the reason I say that is because serial killers happen more to the in the United States than anywhere else on the planet. I'm not going to get into the psychology uh, that involves that. When I was going to Quantico, uh, which is in Virginia where the FBI is training people to be a profiler, this is stuff that is taught that we don't tell you in public. Okay, But some people know this, that the, the 
serial killers, serial killings happen happen more in America than anywhere else in the world. There's a reason for it. I'm not going to get involved in that. Okay, so when somebody say rapes someone, murders somebody, they gain power from that. If they're evil and they're on, the, and it wasn't a mistake, and they're they're doing this shit on purpose. Okay, if you've ever seen these people. Just prior to getting caught, or you hear stories about them, you know, well, they, they went and caught them finally after so many years, X amount of years. And then they say, and we talked to all their neighbors, and their neighbors talked about this person. And even though he was in his 60s now, let's just say, because that's just happened here. They caught a guy less than two miles from my house, where I am now currently, not a joke. A couple of years ago, they caught this guy that was uh, a notorious rapist and murderer in the state of California. Okay. In fact, when I was a kid, there's a very good possibility that he was in my backyard. I don't, we don't know for sure, but he was in my area in the city I lived in. He raped two women in that city and very close to my house within a mile. Weird that I was a kid and I was uh, less than a hundred yards away from this guy at one point. And then as a grown adult, I literally lived less than a mile and a half away from where he lived when he got caught. Strange. However, before they caught him, the neighbors said he was very boisterous and outgoing and loud, and he was yelling and screaming at somebody in his family, and he was in his garage doing calisthenics and working out and doing all this stuff. Very virile, very commanding, very with it, very powerful seeming. And then when they caught him and he appears in court and some people say, well, he did that because he was trying to project that because he was trying to be innocent. However, there was a change not only in his demeanor, but his look, his complexion, everything that was not done with makeup. And the man was what we call diminished. He was no longer virile. He was no longer powerful. Even in his eyes, he no longer had this that look of I am in charge, I am powerful, I am, and I have secrets, and I can do whatever I want to do, and you can't do anything to stop me. <laughs> now, he was a caged lion who had been captured in a zoo for 30 years, and he's given up on life. And now he has no power, and he has no strength, and his demeanor is, is, you can tell by looking at him, or at least someone like me, I can sense it. I can see it. I can smell it. I can sense it. He is now tiny. All of his power is gone. All of his rage is gone. All of his hatred is gone. Not that, it's, that he doesn't still hate, but all the power that he gained from all the things that he did, his virileness, his moxie, is now gone from him. He went away. And he was still hiding, and they found that out because they had cameras inside of his uh, his uh, 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 cage in his cell. And when he got back, he was in a wheelchair because he was acting like he couldn't walk, and he could barely talk, and he was mumbling. That part was an act. When he got back, he climbed up on his sink. He didn't like it. Bright lights. They bothered him. So he was hanging stuff over the lights to lower the light content because the light bothered him. He didn't like it. Because the bright light is bright light. It's too close to God. He didn't like it. So he was diminishing it because he needed it darker in there. But he actually climbed up. And they're like, okay, if he can climb up literally and walk 
up his bed and then climb up on the sink and stand there doing this stuff and then hop down. He doesn't need to be in a wheelchair acting all feeble and sitting there. But he was still diminished in power, strength, and stature. Because everything that he had gained from all the things that he had done to people, raping, murdering, and getting away with it. He was a cop, by the way. All those things that he did, he had power that he had consumed and that gave him a certain strength that all went away when he was brought to the light. And everybody saw him for who he really was. All of that went away. This happened in real life. You can watch this here in Sacramento. He was tried and he was convicted. Even though he was like 68, he's going to spend, uh, you know, he got like three consecutive life sentences, which means his family can't even get his bones and bury him in the dirt until 300 years from now. So he's going to be buried in a, in a grave somewhere that's going to be guarded and he's not going to, his family aren't even going to get to go and see him because he's evil for 300 years. And there's a reason that there, that people do that. Why would somebody get a sentence that lasts 100, you know, 280 years past his life expectancy? What is that? Why would somebody even do that? That's just mean. No, it's not. There's a reason for it. Okay. Let's go to the fake movie that is based on actual curse, magic, and mummification, the mummy movies. Okay. And they used Emotep, who was, in fact, a surgeon and a brilliant, brilliant doctor of medicine and magic, not an evil person in service to self. He didn't cheat on the, the, uh, the uh, uh, Pharaoh's wife and get cast into oblivion and have that spell cast on him. However, that spell exists, and they, own, and they did do that uh, uh, to, to a few people and mummify them. Why would they do that and mummify him and trap his body uh, and, well, apparently his soul as well, and keep him locked in for a thousand years? And he, and he was still in there and able to escape, and escape when, he, when they made the mistake of opening his tomb. Okay, Why did that legend even exist, that a spell like that exists, for them to even think up that? They didn't invent all of that for the, for the movie. That was all based on Egyptian lore. I've read the Book of the Dead. I don't know if you guys have ever read it. I've read the Book of the Dead. It's very kind of repetitive in many ways because on the journey to the afterlife, you have to bribe like, bribe like 86 gods. And so there's a lot of that in the naming and this, and you would say this to that God and that to this God, and this God talks to that God, and that God talks to this God. And, you have to, and so it's a ritual that goes on for like 80 gods, not a joke. And you have to have a spell for every single one to, so that your soul does not end up in oblivion. Your soul gets to ascend. Okay? And they were very serious about this, and that's why the mummification. I think there's more to that. If you watch the, the TV series uh, Star, uh, Stargate SG-1 or the movie Stargate, you, they kind of tend uh, touched on why mummification. I'm not going to get involved in all of that right now. It has to do with at the afterlife and resurrection and, and things that are that are going on and the sarcophaguses and all that. I'm not going to get involved in that. Okay, so, however, on the other side of the coin, 
when you do good things and good deeds for people and help people, it makes you feel good. Evil people don't like that. You have to remember that everything that is evil, that is in service to self, you repel them. You repulse them. You're a victim to them. The only thing you are to them is food and candy. They don't want to feel anything you want to feel. You have to realize that everything that you see in life that is holy is offensive and evil in their minds because of their religion, because of their spiritual practice of being in service to self. 90% of the population of this earth have no concept that evil is a spiritual way of life. That's why I call it nefariousness. Okay? Because that encompasses that word. If you look up that word and what is nefariousness or nefarious, nefariousness, what does that mean? The act of nefariousm, what does that mean? That encompasses everything that is in service to self on a physical, astral, and spiritual level. Mind, body, spirit, complex totality. Do you understand? So here I go again, moving. I apologize if my microphone was cutting in and out for a few seconds there. I was leaning back and I sat up, <laughs> playing with a cord. Okay, so the energy, this is why I'm taking as much time as I need to go through the law of one and actually tell you the places where Raw was trying to give you information that you were supposed to ponder and this is one of those places where you were supposed to ponder, okay, and and realize what he was talking about. The, the exchange of masculine, and Casey, welcome, the exchange of masculine and feminine energies on a level of, and this is where he was using the vernacular, the example of Hitler and the socialism and the elitism and then the, the stations below that down to the slave, but they don't call you that. They call you a citizen. That word means slave, by the way. Down to the citizen level. The exchange of energy that you have in that dynamic, that's the dynamic that is set up with every government, having the government govern and having those people think that they're elites and that they're above you and they're the rich aristocrats and you guys don't get to be a part of their little plan and little scheme and their little playhouse, that is set up because they understand the energy process of what they stand to gain from you that you don't even have the concept in your mind to even think about it. Would never cross your mind because they have kept that portion of spiritual side of the universe away from your learning and teachings. You hear of black magic and that scares you. Well, that's not even real. Magic's not even a real thing. And that's strike two. One more strike and the Johnsons get a chance to steal. Okay. The energy is real and the exchange of energy is real it happens all the time when you interact with other human beings whether you like it or not if you are in service to others you give off a certain energy and you receive a certain energy that you're used to 
And if you are a Christian or any other positive spiritual thought process or doctrine on this earth, you equate all of those spiritual doctrines and indoctrinations and religions as one and thinking that there is nothing else except maybe that satanic religion that's probably fake anyway and they don't really do those kind of rituals do they okay but then there's stuff that goes on behind closed doors that you don't know about that they don't want you to know about okay and there's stuff that goes on right in front of your eyes to you that you don't know about that they don't want you to know about. And this is what's, what Ra is talking about here in one example of the caste system and having it set up with elitism and the elites believing in their mind that they own and operate this earth and you are their slaves. Your job is to give them the energy that they want and need by monetary reasons, by your slave of your physical body, and in a spiritual, psychological sense, that the programming, because television is not called a show, it's a program, and your school indoctrinations teach you without your knowledge that you're a slave and that you're supposed to live in fear and you're, no, and you're supposed to obey. That was even in the in the marital status until it was taken out in this country anyways, where your wife, the feminine, had to swear to obey her master, I'm sorry, her husband, because she was his property. And that's the way it was on this planet until the modern times in many cultures, the least of which is the Viking culture, because in that culture, women were equal to men. It wasn't like the Hebrew culture where they were property. They were equal to men. And women, in fact, were, they, that was why if you look at the religions of the Celts and the Vikings, all of the entire, all of Europe, Western, Southern, Western, Northern Europe, all of it, even Eastern, till you get too far over towards Mongolia and China, you will find that it was equal. When you look at the Native Americans in Australia, the natives equal. Male and female, Native Americans, native to northern, the northern hemisphere, northern, the northern, uh, you know, the United States and Canada, the men and women were equal. You were not their property. In fact, you had to pay to even marry a woman. You had to pay for her because she was valuable, not just on a physical level. Okay, so it was it was certain parts of Europe, right, and the Middle East where all women are property and had been for thousands and thousands of years. When Jesus was alive, Jesus was changing that. Mary Magdalene was not his property. Mary Magdalene was, in fact, what? His companion, which means buddy now. Oh, that's just my companion. We're just buds. We travel together. 2,000 years ago, that meant spouse. Look it up. Look it up. Okay. So the energy that you give off in a positive way and you get back for doing good deeds to somebody is there and it's a real thing. When you pray for someone or you meditate and you focus energy on someone who's injured, that's a real thing. You have to realize that's only one half of the energy exchange that is possible in the universe 
in this place. And that nefariousness, they all know the energy they gain from the things that they do. Casey, you're not late. You got here exactly when you were supposed to. <laughs> she said, I didn't realize you said, sorry, I'm late. You got here when you were supposed to get here. Okay, so what Raw is talking about here is an example of the elitism and the classism and the energy that is given that you don't realize that you're giving through proxy by saying to yourself, yeah, they're in charge and I'm just a citizen. That's the, that's what uh, comes on, you know, in the, in the minds of people when we talk here in America about politics. I'm not going to vote because I'm not playing their game because I can't change it. I'm just one little person. If you watched last week's show, I told you the value of one person, and that was shown by Gandalf the Grey before he became Gandalf the White when he held off the, all of the evils of the underworld manifest in a bell rock by himself. You shall not pass. He didn't. Oh, I, I, I hope you can't pass. I'm going to try and stop him, guys. Run. Okay. He knew that one soul could stand against the onslaught of all evil. And that was the lesson that was being taught. But he let his guard down. And that was supposed to happen according to the universe because he was supposed to then fall like Jesus fell to hell and rise up and become the one. And that's what he did. He fell and he became Gandalf the White because Sauron the White had fallen and no one knew it and he was hiding and he had become evil. He was no longer Sauron the White. He was Sauron the Black. But he was still wearing the white and he needed to be replaced because that's the way the universe works. So Gandalf, who had then sacrificed himself so that everyone else could get away and the evil would not get the ring again, he sacrificed himself for the entirety of Middle-earth and all the people that lived in it. He became reborn, and he didn't have his memory at first. A lot of people don't realize that unless you read the book that became very apparent in the book that he didn't remember. There was one line when they said, you were Gandalf, and he says, yes, I used to be, I was, in fact, Gandalf. He didn't remember his name until they said it. He was Gandalf the White. He was a completely different being now, and he was above that, and he had forgotten who he was as Gandalf the Grey. Until they had mentioned it to him, and he was like, oh, yeah, that's right. His reincarnation, this is the, if you watch, if you've ever watched uh, Doctor Who, when Doctor Who's body dies, because he's a Time Lord, he regenerates into a new body, and it's always younger than the one that he was in. Because he, he ages while he's in that body, and then it dies, and he regenerates. Now he's a woman, as a matter of fact. He's been a man for eight or ten uh, generations, uh, uh, regenerations, and, and now he's actually a woman. Which I thought was badass that they did that. They should have done it before now. Totally badass. The energy that that woman brings to the part uh, is so feminine, but also masculine. And it is so exact. The, the people who do the acting are great actors anyways. I mean... Come on, uh, the most of the actors that have played Doctor Who are European renowned stars. Americans may not know, but they're like as big as David Hasselhoff to the world. We just don't know that in America because they're not in Hollywood every other fucking day. Okay? But they're bigger than most of the stars in Hollywood. Not a joke. 
the last four guys, five guys that played Doctor Who, uh, most of the guys, in fact, that played Doctor Who, I will say every person who's played Doctor Who has been the biggest actors on the planet at the time. Okay? Way bigger than, the, you know, they're, they're huge. Like Charlton Heston is to America. Like George C. Scott is to America. These people are to the rest of the world. We just don't know it in America. Okay? So, so the regeneration it happens, and that's like a reincarnation, but they're literally transforming to something greater than what they were before. This is the what Jesus passed through, and this is where they're showing you the same uh, savior character, the hero character, and the transformation of of this uplifting transformation of going from three dimensional third di- third density to fifth. Okay. And so there's a transformation and an energy uplift, and you have to realize the opposite side of the coin, getting back to the darkness. I keep showing you examples on the light side because most of you that are here this know these, and you think these are the only things that exist. So I'm giving you all this, this knowledge and showing you all of these places in books and movies where they were giving you the same examples on the light side to show you the dark side and that which is going on there. And I'm also showing you some examples from movies where you saw the same thing. Okay. Voldemort hiding his energy from the light side. No one on the light side even knew he existed. They thought he was gone until he was ready to spring his trap. You had the, the Sith Lord do the same thing with Palpatine. You had, you had um, uh, you know, I, I just went down the whole list, right? You had the same thing happening uh, with, with Tolkien. You had the same thing happening with, where you know in in Harry Potter you had the same thing happening in Star Wars, okay, and, and then you had the same thing in Star Trek with the evil that hid uh, that in, uh, in the movie where uh, uh, Spock's brother was taking them to meet God, and it turns out it was an evil entity that had been hiding because he was trapped, and now he's springing his trap and trying to come out and take over the world. You had the same thing that happened in Prince of Darkness, the movie made by John Carpenter, where the devil was actually hiding. Our Satan was in our world hiding in this in this vat that was actually locked from the inside, not from the outside. And Catholic priests had been guarding it for a thousand years or two thousand years. And it was and it was actually regenerating. And why? Because Satan came through to our reality and was trying to bring his father, the great evil, into our reality. John Carpenter wrote this movie. You should take a look at it. Okay? And that coming through the mirror, because the mirror, what, is the opposite side of reality. So, and they showed you that in, uh, in uh, um, what was that movie with, uh, with Kate Beckinsale and, and uh, the guy who played, um, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, uh, anyways, he was the famous vampire hunter, and I can't think of his name either because my mind is on spiritualism, not movies. Uh, and in that movie, uh, the the vampire was able to, Vlad, it was Vladimir, he was able to go through a mirror to an alternate reality, alternate universe, in the mirror. And then in Star Trek, in the episode, Mirror, Mirror. Right? So, yeah, Doctor Who was the longest. It is, in fact, still, Peter. Peter is telling you this, and I'm going to read it. But on the, the Doctor Who is the longest running sci-fi television program in history still is it has been on the air well he's saying bbc in 1963 when it first no it it came out before that brother 
It was in the 40s when it first aired in England in 1947. You can look this up. 63, BBC unleashed it to the whole world. 1963. But in, but it was literally in black and white in the 40s. I've seen the old episodes. And 1963, it was still in black and white. And then they went color and they went global with it on BBC. But before that, it was in England. It wasn't on BBC to the world. It was just in England. And then it went global. And it was released to the world in 1963, like Peter's talking about. And it's still on the air today. It is the longest-running television show, and it's a sci-fi show, in the history of the world. Underworld is another one. Thank you, Casey. Underworld is another one where you have, and that one shows you the vampires and the lichens, and it shows you the, the transformation that the vampires go through, and they can go dormant. Right. And you also see in there where the, they're, they, you know, with the mirror, they can't be seen in a mirror. Why? Because they're of the other side. They're evil and they're in this reality. So their reflection doesn't reflect in the mirror because they're from the other side and the reflection is on the other side. That doesn't, is never told to you in any movie. Right. No, no. There was another one where she was a, 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 um, a hunter of, of Vlad the Impaler and, um, and uh, uh, what's his name? The guy who played um, Hugh Jackman. Yes, Hugh Jackman was in it, and he played a vampire hunter, and I can't think of his name right now, and that was the name of the movie, and he was a famous vampire hunter, and he was an immortal because he was actually Archangel Gabriel, uh, and you don't know that. And in the movie, the vampire, Vlad the Vampire, actually calls him Gabriel, and he doesn't have memory, but he does have memory of uh, fighting uh, Romans so it, you don't know uh, what, what that's about, but those of us who know history and know what's going on and know the, the story that they were they used and based that movie on, and I can't think of his name, darn it, it's driving me. Somebody look up, uh, uh, look, uh, look him up, look up that movie with him and Kate Beckinsale. It was the name of the movie. He was a vampire hunter, and I can't think of his damn name. It was the, His name was Van Helsing. Okay, he was Dr. Van Helsing, and Van Helsing was a famous, in all the books that were written about vampires, not all of them, but the good majority, he was a vampire hunter, and it, was, and it was fabled that he was, in fact, a lot of people thought that he was Constantine, uh, and that he had been, uh, uh, you know, God was, was pissed off at him and gave him immortality like Constantine, but he was, in fact, Gabriel, and he didn't lose his wings. Everybody thought that he lost his wings, and he crashed on Earth, and he was immortal still, he didn't, but he came down here in, in that whole storyline of him being an archangel but not having the memory was was the story where where um, uh, it was it's it's supposed to be sorry I was looking at what Casey what you were typing Van Helsing uh, so it, the story of him not having a memory is supposed to be there it's esoteric. And it's supposed to be showing that you, me, and everyone who is a wanderer is, in fact, an angel that has come down to earth and did not lose your wings. And you've lost your memory because you were supposed to, but you're fighting in service to others. And Van Helsing, in that movie, was the personification of an archangel who was born on earth and had no memory. The church knew who he was, but didn't want him to remember not because they knocked him on the head and erased his memory, but that's what the evil kept telling him, was that they did this to you, the church did this to you, and the church took your memory, Van Helsing, and that's why he kept calling him Gabriel. 
And he only did that towards the end when he was like, ah, Gabriel, it's been a long time. Do you remember, Gabriel, when we were younger? And he was taunting him by calling him by Gabriel because he was an archangel. And he was supposed to see that Vladimir, the vampire, was in fact Satan. Constantine was with Keanu Reeves, yes. Yes, but they, but they were trying to say that 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 the character a lot of people think, and they that's a misnomer. They think that that Van Helsing is in fact Constantine in real life. Constantine was a movie with with Keanu Reeves based on a true story and legend of Constantine, who was immortal and was trying to. And this that story comes from Thor, who pissed off Odin and his and his mother. And they made, or they stripped him of his immortal, or they stripped him of his powers, and they sent him down to Earth. And he was immortal, and he couldn't die, and he had to prove himself to the All Father to gain his 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 forgiveness to get his God status back. Constantine, because of what happened with Jesus, and then Constantine was the one who took everything out of the Bible, uh, and uh, because of that, Constantine, who was a Roman, was was uh, uh, doomed to walk the earth. This is in the Bible. You can read this. Doomed to walk the earth for all time until he made amends with God. So so in the movie, Constantine, if you ever read the comic book, he is that Roman who was evil and, and, uh, and, and, uh, and ended up with uh, Pilate, Pontius Pilate, and ended up coercing in the background Pontius Pilate, who was also condemned to walk the earth but constantine had pissed off god and he is immortal and he's supposed to be still on this earth today and he's trying to win his way back into heaven and the character constantine in that movie is supposed to be the immortal constantine that's been out walking the earth for more than two thousand years who was in fact a roman and he's still trying to defend the humans and win his way back into uh, heaven, and that's why when Gabriel shows up here, and Gabriel's being uh, a woman, by the way, when Gabriel shows up, that's why he and Gabriel know each other, and Gabriel is taunting him. Gabriel falls, and Gabriel loses his her wings, and then becomes mortal, and then he kicks her ass and says, that fucking hurts, doesn't it? That's you're mortal now. She's like, ah! He hit, punched her in the face and knocked her teeth out. So people who watch the movie, if you don't know the backstory of Constantine, you just think it was some character named Constantine. He was, in fact, an immortal Roman, <laughs> okay, who lived forever. And he was in the. And what he did was he sacrificed himself for uh, what's her name? Uh, um, I forgot what her name was in the in the movie. He sacrificed himself for her. And even the devil then saved his life by taking out the cancer that he was dying from. That's why he didn't care and he kept smoking cigarettes. He was still angry at God for making him immortal and he smoked and he knew he wasn't going to die from the cancer. It just made his life shit because God wouldn't let him die. And so he tried to kill himself by smoking all the time like a chimney and he was, I'll get fucking cancer. Fuck God. And he didn't die and he just had cancer. And so he walked around all the time cancerous, but he wouldn't die, couldn't die from it because he couldn't die. So eventually, that woman, and that's what you see, is the tribulations of Constantine, where he goes from not caring and being neutral, but fighting on the side of good to keep evil at bay, 
to actually sacrificing and being willing to sacrifice his soul for another human being. And even the devil, when he shows up, he was like, oh, no, sacrifice. What are you doing? He's like, oh, man, you so did it. And that's when he went to him and he says, okay, so then the devil even took pity on him and said, I'm going to take away. And that, was, that made it worse in some respects. You no longer have this crutch because God's going to now make you mortal and I'm not going to let you die of cancer. I'm going to take it from you and you're going to actually have to live. So even the devil in that movie shows compassion for Constantine and says, now that I don't get your soul, now you're going to actually have to earn it. You sacrificed and you got enough to make God believe in you. Now I'm the devil and I'm going to make you prove it to even me. I'm going to take away your cancer and I'm going to make you healthy again. And now you're mortal and you will die of old age. But now what you do from this point on for the rest of your life will determine whether I actually get your soul or not at the end of this life. And they don't show you that in the movie. And you don't understand why the devil then takes his cancer away and he still kind of spits at the devil for doing it. Because he understands that the devil's saying, you don't get to now just die and sacrifice yourself. You have to now live a human life. That's what that whole entire movie was about. And people just saw the movie and thought it was really cool that this magic happened and it was the dichotomy between good and evil. And it's right there in that movie, Constantine. Those people like me who were sci-fi fans and that knew the history of the Bible and Constantine and then read the comic book, Constantine, knew that his character was an immortal Roman who's 2,000 years old. Going into the watching the movie, we knew that. That's why he wasn't afraid to go to hell to find out what was going on there, because he knew that he wouldn't get caught there and get captured. Nobody could stop him. He was Constantine. He was untouchable by both sides. And God was waiting for him to make amends and to become in service to others, not in service to self. That was what that movie was about. So this is how much of, this is why the law of one is so important. And this is what Raw here in this little teeny paragraph that we just finished and the one that we're continuing here is trying to convey to you in a sense that you can understand. And this is why I've gone on for as long as I have an hour now or so, whatever as long it's been, giving you examples in movies and in reality because the dark side of the energy that they take from you and energy vampires rape from you and get from you by making you afraid this is why it said that this is why that prayer, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because God is with me, is actually very, very important to know and to actually believe. Not that I'm uh, trying to preach Christianity. Okay. The person who played Gabriel was, was I got to put my glasses on, was, is it Tilda uh, Sweeten? Yeah, it's a woman. She's a great actress, right? Uh, yeah, she's super pale, right? Uh, and and well, most people think that Gabriel was a man. Loved that in Constantine, Gabriel was a woman. Gabriel was, in fact, a woman, or is, in fact, a woman. I've met. Okay, that's not a joke. So people don't realize that they're all because of Western Judeo Christianity and Judaism. Right, and then the uh, the influx or 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 uh, overtones of the Roman Empire, uh, pre-Christian, 
And the Greeks, those were both male-dominated, monotheistic. No, they weren't monotheistic because it was not a single god. But in a sense, it was because it was a male-dominated religion. The man was ultimately in charge and was ultimately the god of all, and everybody was beneath the man, uh, even though he had a wife and there was, a, you know, the women. And they were goddesses. They weren't as high as Zeus, you see. Yeah, she's a great actress. I think she's pretty, too, by the way. Uh, but then again, right, blonde hair, blue eyes, right? Um, I think she's pretty, even though she's a little too skinny for my taste. But um, she's a great actress. And um, I think even when she played Gabriel, some people were like she was playing an endo androgynous character. That's what they want you to think because they don't. Well, no one wants to say that Gabriel was a woman. They'd rather say Gabriel's androgynous, which is hilarious, than to say Gabriel is, in fact, a woman. Right? So she wasn't playing an androgynous character. She was playing a female archangel, a general in the army, okay, that fights against darkness, okay? And she had fallen because she had gotten angry because of the Western Judeo-Christian belief that God created the human race and loved the humans above all, even the angels. The devil changed that whole storyline to make it sound like that. So the devil could then tell you the, the nefariousness that is the uh, ego of the world. Change that in that religion so that they could tempt you and say, well, you know, God hates you if you're an angel because God likes the human race above everybody, including the angels. And that was the storyline through all of the movies where they show, uh, and, and I'm trying to think of what the, the other movies were. There was a, a television series on, on uh, a television. I can't remember the name of it now. Uh, in that, Dennis Leary played the devil, and I can't think of the name of the of the of the series. And in that, the same thing happened. And the uh, archangels had came down. It was a battle between the angels of light and darkness, and it was happening on Earth. Uh, and I can't remember the name of it. Look up Dennis Leary. Uh, he played the devil in that, and uh, it was really big here in America. It's cult, cult movies now, and um, and that battle spilled over to the humans. And uh, again, this is where they took the entire storyline uh, for, uh, for uh, oh shit, the comedy duo of Jay and Silent Bob wrote it. And, uh, and Ben Affleck and Matt Damon were in it. And, uh, and I can't think of the name of that right now. See, I'm on spirituality, not movies. Otherwise, normally I'm on movies and I'll tell you everything about all these movies. And that was a comedy, but that one was that God took a vacation, was on Earth. God was a female in that. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, Alanis Morissette played God in that movie. And God uh, was was rollerblading and fell down dogma. Thank you, Julie. Uh, and if somebody look up uh, Dennis Leary and find out what that miniseries was, where there was a battle between uh, the good and evil uh, uh, angels on Earth. And, um, and in that story was, was taken from this story and made a comedy where God was, uh, was, had amnesia and was down on earth and at the time loki uh and the you know you know and the angel of death were played by matt damon and ben affleck and they were they were trying to get back into heaven because both of them had fallen and they were immortal on earth and they were trying to get back into heaven and they had to or they they ended up doing that because they lost their wings uh because they found a a, 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 a you know a, a, a loophole in the laws in the law of one by the way they were trying to get back into heaven by chopping off their wings and mass murdering a bunch of people so that they would end up back in 
heaven, uh, which is actually the opposite. And that's why it was called that. And dogma was uh, it was literally a joke movie about the stigmata and stigma of religions, the dogma of religions. But that entire thing was based on this these movies, this miniseries that Dennis Leary played the devil in, where literally it was the, the archangels, some of the archangels fell. And so it was basically the fallen angels that you hear about in the in the Bible and the war that went on in heaven between the good angels and the bad angels. And that that is happening now here on Earth. And it's the original war and battle that was going on. And it's spilling over into uh, the human um, uh, population. And Dogma, the, com the comedy, was written um, on that. And they made it like, you know, really crazy, like Eric the Viking and funny. But this one was very serious uh, and had to do with possession and had to do with uh, the, an angel Jesus in the guise of a female being born on earth, being the savior. It was just like priest. It was just like the other movie um, that he, that, that, that Bettany was in. Bettany was in the movie priest. He played the priest. There was another one where he played the archangel Michael or Gabriel. I think he played Gabriel. And the same thing was happening. And God had decided that the uh, population of the earth needed to be eradicated. And he unlocked all the, uh, the demons in hell. And they were coming and all the angels were coming too. And they were destroying and killing all of the earth and consuming all of the souls. And he was the one person, the one general who was loyal to God, like Judas, on the, on the, other, on the other end, the other spectrum, after the fall. He refused and ignored God's commands and fought against God and all the angels in the army. In fact, you have him fighting against another archangel in the movie. And uh, and the same thing's happening, and then eventually he gets God to believe and change his mind and have forgiveness for the human race. But it only happens because a Savior is born, and that Savior is Jesus reincarnated, and this time it's reincarnated into a boy, not a girl. But it's still the same storyline being told again. Same transformation of energy, same thing again. So these are examples of this energy and this and this this stuff happening on the positive end and the war which we now call the temporal war which is between the light and darkness not just in this reality but throughout all of time and space which is going on that's the dichotomy between good and evil but you have to realize and i say this and and i don't want to take you guys to take it lightly when i say nefariousness is a religion and it is a spiritual way of life you need to realize that there is consumption of energy creation of energy but in the evil way, they can't create anything positive, but they can create control. They can create chaos. They can create fear and they can and they live off of those energies. OK, and it's not just the Draco. Everybody says, well, the draconian race, they live off of the energies and they suck your energy when you're living in fear. It's not just them. And those people that are on Earth are not hiding. They're not draconians that are hiding and, and masking themselves into making you think that they are, in fact, human when they're not. That's bullshit. Okay. I'm not saying that aliens can't appear to be human when they're not. Okay. Get that straight. <laughs> okay. I'm not saying that. But but the, the draconians aren't walking around. Okay. I'm, I'm not saying that either. I have to stop there because some draconians are, in fact, walking the earth looking like humans and hiding and making you think they are humans. Some grays are doing the same thing. Okay. But those are the people that were already here. So it's not like they're, they're, they're locked. They're stuck here for the quarantine, too. So when they tell you 
the little truth that this is a penal colony, in their minds, this is a penal colony because they can't leave here, nor can they get help to come here. So you have to understand that, that when people say, well, this is a prison and you're stuck here and it's a penal colony, it's only a penal colony for evil. It is not, in fact, a penal colony for people who are in service to others. Only in service to self. The, the way it's become a penal colony for people who are in service to others is the people who are in service to self have taken all of the knowledge of all of the universe out of your reach by burning all of the books and scrolls and controlling all of the narrative so that you never get to learn it. Do you understand? That is why Raw came through between 1981 and 1984. Raw came through before that in another place, twice. And other races came through at the same time that Raw did back when Raw came through originally. The, the, it was actually the second time. When they screwed up, the, or the first time, when they screwed up in Egypt, there were people in South America that did the same thing. In two different places in South America, two other races, entire high mind complexes that were here, and I refer to the Incan and Mayan uh, uh, peoples who just vanished off the face of the earth in South America. And there is no trace of uh, more than uh, at the, it's two million Incans and, uh, and three and a half million Mayans. That's five and a half million people that disappeared within a 10,000 year time period. In fact, if you really narrow it down, they disappeared within hundreds of years of each other. And the humans that consisted of that race did not, in fact, leave bodies laying around and did not, in fact, migrate to other places on the in the universe. And they were not called by some alien spaceship and taken to another planet. Those are lies. That port's a lie. If anybody ever says that, and then the aliens came down and picked up the entire race. No, actually, okay, part of the... Aztecs, because people say, what about the Aztecs? They were around the same time. Part of the Aztecs, some of you people who call yourself Azteca don't want to know this. Part of the, but you, but you will know this if you're actually true to your spirituality and your history. Part of the Aztecs were in fact culled, not by aliens. They were actually culled and taken off the earth because they were in fact too nefarious. Because they went really crazy with that whole, um, killing people thing murdering and they became a, a a an entire society of nefariousness and so because of that they were cold so there was a, a, a about a 600,000 humans that were taken off the earth because they were in fact practicing way too deep dark nasty evil shit and the coalition said these people need to recycle that you don't get to hear about too often either. Raw tells that story. Okay. So between 1981 and 1984, you'll hear it at some point if you haven't already, if you haven't already read the six books that are make up the um, raw material. Okay. Raw talks about that. So there is a group of people, at least I believe that it was raw. I got that from other sources as well, including a, a few clairvoyant people who uh, are able to communicate with their own guides, and they were uh, informed of that as well, okay? So there is some people in South America that were cold because they were too evil. So on the other side of the coin, you are prey. You are prey for nefariousness. 
You don't just give them physical pleasure. You don't just give them psychological pleasure as well as physical pleasure. You don't just give them a sexual, psychological, physical pleasure. You give them spiritual power. They gain while you diminish. When you are in the state that you are currently in, most of you out there, not you that are actually here listening to me right now. Chances are you are aware of it. But if you're not, you need to become aware of it. This is why I did the, the videos of, uh, you know, Defense Against the Dark Arts 1 and 2. And everybody was like, oh, that must have something to do with Harry Potter. And then they found out that, it, well, it did because I was teaching what that what the, the joke of the teacher that Kenneth Bernal played was supposed to be teaching you. Uh, after um, what's his name died, uh, in, in, or it was the other way around. I think Kenneth Renault was first or second. I don't remember the way the order. Either way, but you had Snape, and then you had uh, Kenneth Renault's character, both teaching the defense against the dark arts. What they were really supposed to be teaching, and the books were uh, played that out a little bit better than the movie did. And that was how to defend yourself, and how to and how to see sub demons and demons, sub demons being the the. Uh, the ones that were chasing Harry around all the time. The, um, I'm trying to think of the name of what they called them now. Um, I can't think of the name of what they were called right this second. So you have to realize that most of the stuff you see, especially in British sci-fi, the British, when they write sci-fi, they're far more sentient-minded in their sci-fi trying to give you a message and, and hide things in plain sight for you to see that are that are telling you real really what's going on in the universe okay so uh, so cassie said so how do we protect ourselves from them trying to take our energy ah see now that has to do with uh if, if we're talking energy vampires or, or just the act of vampirism uh in and, in and of itself that is a great question right denise said great question that is a great question okay the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. Like the ego, and how the ego is the trap of the mind, you have to be aware that that is a possibility that they're doing that to you. And you have to pay attention. You have to actually become aware and think to yourself. You have to get this into your head. There are two kinds of people on this earth. On it, in it, around it. There are two kinds of beings in the third dimension third density those in service to others and those in service to self everybody who's in service to others is trying to help everyone who is in service to self is trying to take energy away so you have to when you meet someone for the first time the first thing you need to do is determine whether this person is in service to others or in service to self. People who are in service to self are going to butter you like a muffin to get you to think that you are in service, that they are in service to others. Okay, yes. Casey says crystals, right? Paleo uh, Santos, protective light and bubbles. Yes, that's part of it. Yes, absolutely. Physical, right? Crystals. Right, paleo, physical, spiritual, everything that there is. You have to remember that you are what? Not just a body, not just a mind, but you are a, a, a complex, so a totality. 
So you are a spirit, body, spirit, mind, body, complex. Body, physically, but you want to. Hence the crystals and things that you would do for the physical plane. But you also have to protect your mind, which is not your spirit, which is not your soul. Okay? So you have to protect your mind on the mental level, psychological protection, and then you have to protect your immortal soul's energy as well. All of that energy is what makes up you. That's the totality. So you have to protect yourself in, in three different areas, in four if you think about the totality. This is hence the, the term 3D, 4D, 5D reality that everybody keeps thinking is spirituality. There's a difference between 4D and 5D, the place, and 4D and 5D, the spirituality. Okay? 3D, 4D, 5D, respectively. But all of that is the totality. So you have to protect your physical body. Cats protect your soul. Dogs protect your physical body, the physical plane. This is why we keep cats and dogs. Birds also protect your mind. You don't know that. Birds see, hear, and smell things you don't. Cats see, hear, and smell things that you don't. Dogs see, hear, and smell things that you don't. Because they exist on different planes than we do. But we exist on those planes as well. We just don't know it. So it's good to have dogs, and it's good to have cats, and it's good to have birds, okay? It's good to have uh, the what we call the lower animals because they that's why cats sleep on you and touch you, and they purr at you, and they're purring. That vibration lowers your blood pressure. It actually is true. You can look it up. Lowers your blood pressure and makes you feel good from the energy they give you when they purr on you, okay? And the energy you give off, it feeds them as well. It's symbiosis. It's symbiotic. Same thing with the dog. They have proven, I watch Pitbulls and Paroles all the time because my mom loves it. So I have it on even if I don't watch it and I'm not paying attention. You still hear it. It gets into my brain through osmosis, right? And But they've proven, and they talked about it on that show. They've proven, actually proven, by hooking a dog up to electrodes that when you look at a dog and you say it and you mean it, you look at a dog and you say, I love you, the dog physically and psychologically and spiritually changes their energy and they actually tear up with joy. They feel the energy that you cast on them when you say, I love you. They do it as well. Okay? That's how they, they're very in tune to your emotions, to your body. Dogs are in tune to your body. Cats are in tune to your soul. That's how they know when the dogs, oh, I was sad, and the dog knew it. I was sad, and my cat seemed to know it. The cat was all over me. They do know it, and they're coming to comfort you because that's part of their job. They know that. They're also souls. You have to realize they're also souls. They just haven't become sentient yet. I think, therefore, I am. They haven't realized that they are yet. But they're in there. They're just witnessing. They're like our little baby when a baby's born. 
and they just have that look in their eyes. I've done it on camera before to where you know they're just the witnesser. Dogs and cats are the same way. And once you start giving them an idea, an identity by calling them by their name and talking to them and treating them as if they are worth something and are somebody or something, they start to become aware, self-aware. That's why when they become self-aware, when that body dies and they regenerate, they regenerate as a human on this planet. We all came from that. We were all that at some point. We were all an animal or a bird or a tree or a plant or, or a, you know, could have been all of those if you lived long enough. Not joking. That's how we got here. We evolved from something very, very small, a speck, subatomic. And we, we every, what do you think is life? Life is, in fact, alive and it becomes. So at one point, when the universe was created, you, me, and everybody, we were there. And now we're here. And then we've been way above this, all the way back to the creation. And we are. We're all in all of that at all times. We're right here is where our focus is at this moment. We're pretending that we're not the one and that we're not all the same and that we're not, in fact, the creator of everything and that all of this isn't, in fact, happening in our mind. We're pretending all of that. But that's the truth and the reality of what's going on. So they're just as so much a part of us as we are a part of them. That's one of the biggest problems that people have. So now let's go back to the nefarious thing. Energy vampires, you all have. I'll give you an example because you all know them. Some people are energy vampires and they don't know that they are. Others are and they do know that they are. Have you somebody you know them? They're friends of yours, acquaintances of yours. They could be your roommate, they could be your brother, your cousin. Somebody you know or you're related to that you hate to be around. Because every time that you hang out with that person, by the time that you're done, you're just like, oh, my God, I'm drained. Every time I hang out with that person, I'm totally drained. And it's not somebody like me who talks a mile a second and wears out your brain. Right? And, you oh, my God, that guy drains me every time. First of all, he makes me think way too much. And secondly, he talks way too fucking fast. And then he rambles on and he goes off topic and stays off topic for like 100 years. That's people that have like a really short attention span and they can't follow my parables or my parodies when I go off on a tangent. You think I'm like talking about something that has nothing to do with what I was talking about. There's other people who know that what I'm talking about right then has everything to do with what I was talking about a minute ago. Okay? <laughs> Mom is draining to you. But when, have you ever noticed that when you get around her, when you leave, she's perky and full of energy. Glad to see you. Come back later. Love you, honey. Right or the other way, you know, where she's like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Da da da. But she still has more energies because she took yours. That is an energy vampire. She took your energy from you, and if it makes you physically ill, you feel sluggish. You feel like in some way almost hurt, uh, and it's not emotionally because they were being mean to you. And you're like, "Oh my god, I'm worn out. I don't feel right. I almost feel like I'm gonna get sick, but I'm not. I feel kind of icky." She stole your aura, all of it. This has been proven. I'll have to find the videos and show it to you where they actually could take a radial image of a human aura and energy vampires say your aura is blue. And I take your aura from you and add it to mine. It becomes red. Your aura 
which used to be, say, a foot off of your body, is now diminished and is barely even seeable because you have none and you actually have to replenish your aura. The next time that happens to you in life or your mother does that to you, when you go home, get rose petals or rose oil and heat up a bath and put the roses in the water and get in the water. This is not a joke. Rose, the, the, the plant itself, rose of May, rosemary, rose, rose petals or, or oil of rose actually energizes and replenishes your aura. I'm not kidding. That's why people love roses. They love the smell of roses. They love seeing roses and be around roses. That's why you give roses because they mean love. Because the energy of a rose adds to your aura. This is not a joke. That's why the color of red is the color of love in lovemaking. Because it's the rose. It's the color of the rose. That's why it also in magic, energy-wise, when you write something in red and cast it, that's why Jesus' words and God's words in the Christian Bible are printed in red, as a matter of fact, so let it be written, so let it be done, which came from uh, 5,000 years ago with the Egyptians. And actually, it came before that from the Mesopotamia, so let it be written, so let it be done. The red ink, having more power than any other color, even over black, is because red is the color of what? Blood. Red is the life force of the human and most other animals. All animals on this planet bleed red. There's not there's there's a reason for that. Oh no, it's because it's oxidizing the iron, the iron, and the oxygen mixed together and it turns draw a rust color. No, it doesn't it doesn't turn to a brown rust color, it turns to red. Although it does taste like the iron because there's a lot of iron in it. And that's what science will have you believe. The only reason that blood turns red is because, in fact, it's blue in your body. No, it's not blue. It just appears that way because your veins, when the veins are seeing through your veins, seeing your veins through your skin, the blood that's in there appears to be blue. The blood is always red inside your body. It just appears to be blue because you're looking at it through a vein, and the vein uh, uh, veiled the color of the vein, veiling the color, and the light going through your skin makes the blood look like it's blue. That's just like looking at water when the water is perfectly clear, but you think the water is, in fact, a blue color. It's not. That's a that's the light reflecting off of the water that is coming through in the blue uh, a spectrum of light that you're picking up at that point, not the ultraviolet, because we don't see ultraviolet very well unless it's really dense. Uh, uh, otherwise, we don't see the ultraviolet. Black lights, we call them black lights, which are ultraviolet lights. You can see them, and it changes everything, and it gets weird, right? The blood appears to be black in that in that uh, in that light. The same thing with moonlight. The blood turns black in that light because it's a yellow ray and blue ray. The moon being a, a, a yellow color, it's actually coming through in a blue spectrum. You just don't realize it. It turns your blood. If you've ever seen blood in the moonlight, it's black, like pitch, like like oil. And the same thing happens uh, in black light. Okay, so the rose petals or rose oil in the bath and soak in it, you will replenish your aura. They've actually done this to where they've shown the aura being taken. Ahead of time, here's the person sitting with their aura. Here's the person that is the energy vampire and the aura they have now. And then they go near the person. They don't even have to touch you. They just have to focus on you. And some of them, if they're really good, they don't even need to be near you. 
But if they're not really good, they have to be in proximity in, in, in around you about eight feet away or closer. And they will suck your energy out from you, and you won't even know it until you don't feel good. Okay? Right, Denise says, my sister always reminds me nobody has that much control over you. That's the truth. You just have to get into that mindset. That's the same thing as the realization that this nefariousness is a, is a religion, a spiritual way of life, and they're aware of it. I talked about that before on the, on the sexual practices of nefarious in the way that they do and they dominate women. They all do it exactly the same way they, when they, they dominate anyone. Men use their penis and they choke the woman with their penis by doing that. They hold their head on there and, until they can't breathe and they hold it there even longer. Then they let them go and then they hug them and they kiss them and they're, and they're just all so nice to them. And then they slap them in the face, giving you the reward and love and nurturing and also the, the, the control and the, and the, and the striking and the, in the, in the, in the domination sexually at the same time back and forth between the two and it confuses in character you will submit to that and if you are in fact nefarious you'll submit to that because they're the more dominant of uh, you know uh, you know the alpha male or the alpha female women to do it to men as well women do it to women okay so people who are predominantly evil will always look for positions of power. That's why uh, I forgot who it was that said uh, they, they were talking to Tucker Carlson and he asked her, it was a woman he asked, would you ever run for um, president? And she said, no, only crazy people want to be the president of the United States or any other uh, country. Because evil wants to ascend to power always, 100% of the time. Not saying that 100% of the people that are in, in every, every government are, in fact, evil, because they're not. But it's more than 70% evil. Every country on the planet. Unless you guys out there vote them out. And it's happening all across Europe right now. They don't tell you about that in this country, because everybody wants you to think that we're doomed, we're doomed, we're all doomed, we're all going to die. We're on a prison planet, and the bad guys run the place. And we can't do anything. And I'm not even going to vote because there's no reason to. Because they're just in charge, man. I'll just not vote. I'll just take care of myself. I don't give a fuck about the rest of the world. Okay, that's not, you know, it's just not true. You have the power. You are the power. You just have to realize that they took it from you because they don't let you know you have it. And they convince you in every television show, on every movie, in every news broadcast, in every part of the laws of the land that you live in, every part of Christianity and every religion that you could ever think of now because they've been compromised. They don't teach you that you are and that you are in charge and that you are the creator and that you are co-creators. They don't teach you that any spiritual way of life. None of them tried. There's Buddhism and, and uh, Taoism. They're trying to because they were written by people who were trying to tell you that. Christianity was too. Jesus was trying to tell you that. But they change everything. And they don't let you know the knowledge. They've taken that from you. right? So this is a penal colony for evil people because they have no control. And because they're stuck. Because they're a product of their own device. 
we are all here. We are all prisoners here of our own device. That's from the Eagles Hotel, California, which was in fact telling us about being stuck. Okay, and that it's just a trap of your mind. You're stuck here because your own device. You're stuck here because you you got yourself stuck, and then we're sticking ourselves here. So they in turn rob you of energy by making you live in fear. You give off a certain energy. When you are afraid, and they live off of that. That's how they tell you, don't be afraid around a dog. He can sense you that you're afraid and no attack. Well, what makes you think that evil doesn't know the same thing? What makes you think that evil people don't sense that? When a person is afraid and you have scared them, you know it. When a person is not afraid and they are not scared of you, you know it. Instinctively, you're picking up on their energy. You just don't realize that you're doing it because no one teaches you that part because that's part, part of the spirituality has been taken from you. No one wants you to know that. That's why it was taken out of the Bible, all of them, not just the Christian Bibles, all religions. And that's why they don't teach that anywhere. They don't want you to know this. This is the knowledge that was actually gained in the garden that got everybody tossed out of the garden which is not being cast out of heaven, which is not being cast out of the Garden of Eden by God. That's the lie that that was propagated into having you believe. Well, Eve, being a woman, being a woman, she wasn't Adam's fault. He wanted pussy. He was innocent. He just did what she told him to do because he was afraid she wasn't going to give him any pussy. So he was innocent. I, I was for two, not for two playing with the ball, and then she made me mad, and then I kicked the ball, but then it, I tried to kick her, and I hit the ball, and the ball then hit off of the couch and broke the lamp. So I was not doing for two playing with the ball in the house. It was for to her. See? That's, that's, that's displacement of, of your own guilt. But there's no guilt here because none of that is real. So it wasn't that this evil woman, who, the original sin of, of Eve, because she ate the fruit, that the snake told her. So his, him being a snake and already being a serpent and, and crawling on his belly, he was then proclaimed by God to have to crawl on his belly for all of eternity. Well, hold on. He's already a snake. So ready a serpent, and that's what they do. So that's not really something that's bad that's happening to him for convincing Eve to go against the Word of God now, is it? I don't think that judgment was very fair compared to the humans who got cast out of the perfect place by God after God tempted them by going, here's a tree you can't touch. You can eat from any other tree but this one right here. If you eat from this one, very bad. I will consume your soul in darkness. In fact, I will make your soul go away and you'll never exist. I'm going to leave you now and I won't be back for an hour or two. But don't eat from this tree. Don't eat these fruits right here. See them? Don't eat those while I'm gone. Or else. And then God, in the infinite wisdom of God, after they ate the fruit and then lied to God and didn't listen to God, who was the creator of the entire universe, God comes back 
and doesn't do what God said God was going to do as a penance. So now, why would humans believe God when God says, if you do something wrong, I will obliterate your soul? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, sure, Dad. Yeah, right. You didn't do it to Adam and Eve. You're not going to do it to me. Okay? Fact. I don't know of any soul anywhere that went against any of your laws that got obliterated. There's no history of it. So the Ten Commandments are bullshit. Do you understand? All of that is a lie. Then that happened. Didn't happen that way. That was trying to mask the real story of the, and it keeps you not looking at the truth. Ah, it keeps you not looking at what it was that that story was about. That story being changed that way keeps you looking at Adam and Eve and their sin, and women are evil, and they're the original sin, and they're all whores. And all of that was painted by a guy who was gay, who usurped the church and didn't want to get married to women and made sure that nobody got married. If you served the church, you were married to the church. And oh, by the way, women can't be anything but servants to us. We'll call them nuns. Because I'm having none of that. Okay. So that was what the story was about. The story was then changed, or it was about what you think it's about, was then changed to tell you about original sin. And how Adam and Eve and how the human race fell from the grace of God because Eve ate a fruit that a snake told her to eat and then said, Adam, come here, you got to fucking try this. This is really fucking good, man. I don't know if it's worth $5, but it's the best fucking milkshake I've ever had. Is that a $5 milkshake? I'm sorry, that's Pulp Fiction, John Travolta's character, right? Vincent Vega. In Pulp Fiction, he's like, did you just order a $5 milkshake? Now, you got to remember this was in the fucking 80s, right, or the 90s. So milkshakes were like a dollar, and she ordered a $5 milkshake. That would be like ordering a $25 milkshake right now, okay, at a fast food restaurant like McDonald's. And so he's like, can I have a taste of that? And he takes a drink of it, and he's like, it's pretty fucking good. I don't know if it was worth $5, but it was pretty fucking good milkshake. Okay, so Eve eats the fruit and says, Adam, you got to fucking eat this, man. And so he eats it, and then you hear the Christian version is, they gained the knowledge of good and evil. That came with the veiling, bro. That came with birth. It had nothing to do with Adam and Eve. Well, that was the creation of the human race. No, no, no. That, was whole, that whole story is a, is a parable. Okay? The parable is what did they learn? They learned the knowledge of good and evil, yes. But, they, but, but that wasn't something that we didn't have. Okay? That wasn't something that we didn't have. They learned, or, or I should say, that was something that we already didn't have. And then they learned what was trying to be hidden from them. The story was supposed to be telling you and showing you how to wake up from the slumber you're in. Okay? And it's been changed and rearranged so that it became evil to do. Because it was controlling. Don't, you don't want to question. You don't want to know knowledge. In fact, you should be sorry that you know the knowledge of good and evil because that was the ultimate sin. So you should be ashamed of yourself for actually knowing that good and evil both exist. That is what the story is now trying to say to you. You should never disobey a commandment from God. They got lucky. The human race is only here because God decided not to destroy it. 
when that evil woman, and women are forever evil because of it, and they have pain during childbirth, and they have pain during menstruation, because they ate a fruit off of a tree. And that gave them the knowledge of good and evil. Well, what other knowledge did he give them? By giving them the knowledge of good and evil, what did that entail and what did that come with? That's what they don't want you to ponder. They want you to ponder the sin itself and stay away from questioning anything. Because questioning is a sin. Because the original sin was the knowledge. Do you see? That's how they morphed that story into getting you to not question anything. Don't question anything. Just do as I say, not as I do. Do as I say, not as I do. Right? You get to know what I tell you, and don't look at me and judge me and say, but you're not doing it. Who cares? What makes your parents better than you? Well, the same thing that makes God better than you. Do not question authority. He even says that in some places in the Bible now where they changed the language. Had a whole entire conversation about that on Ancient Aliens Worldwide. Changed the, the narrative and the verbiage so that it says, do not question authority. And who are the authorities? Well, 80% of them are, in fact, evil. So don't question evil people when they tell you to do something. Just do it. We're the authorities. That means we are the ones who are in charge. Okay, The word authority in your mind says they're the people that know right from wrong. What that really means is they're your slave master. If you go against authority, you become an outlaw. Right? And they think that changing something changes it. We talked about this earlier on, you know, the difference between right twix and left twix, the difference between a janitor and a custodian. Right? Oh, build back better is completely different scenario and ideology than make America great again. No, we're talking about building it better. Well, it's, well, making it great again is making it better than it is now. It says it means the same fucking thing. Right? Do you, do you see? But children think that is a completely different statement because the words are different and they have must have a different meaning. One means more, has more weight to it than the other. Which one? Each side tells you that build back better means more than make America great again. But the guys that are making America great again are saying that means more than building back better than it is or was. It means the exact fucking same thing. That's what they do. Out here in California, I don't know about where you live, but out here in California, people who did not live inside of a dwelling were called homeless without a home. A person who is homeless, they do not have a home. Right? They changed that. Does anybody know what they changed it to? They changed it, and you don't say homeless anymore. Right? They have another word, they have words that mean the exact same thing, but sound like they don't. This is the this is the new thing that they do in the world now is they change the verbiage and tell you it means something completely different. Well, that's the difference between being an undertaker, what? And what? Come on, right? So 
that they, that's what they do. What, what was it that, a, that that somebody said? They did it on another commercial where the guy said, so you're a, a teacher, huh? And she said, no, I, I prefer the term. People do that all the time. I know I prefer the term. Oh, here's the you know, They did one just the other. You don't have to be vampires. Hey, 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 hey. We don't use that term. We use the term a day adjacent. Isn't that annoying? So that's the stuff, right? Yeah, build, better for who? Yeah, build back better. Build better for who? I agreed. Julie said better for who? Yes, it's in the Communist Manifesto rule book, Julie. Absolutely. One of the Communist Manifesto rules change the meaning of the words. That's why they're doing it here in America right now, by the way. Because they are actually, if you read, there's they're in Congress, in the Library of Congress, uh, and in the in the words of Congress that are in the, the minutes of Congress in the 60s. I think it was the 60s. It could have been even in the 50s. They actually read into Congress the rules, the 48 rules or whatever it is. I think it's 48 rules of the uh, Communist Manifesto. Look those up or just Google them and then check them off. And we are actually on, on, on the last one in the United States right now. And this is the way you change a country to a communist country. And they are on the last one, checking it off right now. Change the meanings of the words. And that's why they're doing what they're doing with all, all of that now, with everything. There's a reason for that. Okay? So I don't want to get too much involved in that because the algorithm, but that also scares people. So if I go down the, the road of, giving, of talking about all that negativeness, then it scares people and people shut down when they're afraid. Uh, because they're easier to be controlled when they're afraid and they won't fight back if they're afraid. So I don't I try not to scare people with what I talk about, because if I scare you, if you watch the news there, even the guys that are trying to tell you uh, on the on the, uh, you know, the, the opposite end of the spectrum from the cabal, they're still using fear tactics. They're still using a propaganda to to preach fear to you. Right. Here's a perfect example on Fox, Tucker Carlson. They, on Fox, they have an entire series on Fox about the Bidens and the laptops and all the stuff that's on there. But if you want to see that, you don't get just to see it by watching and paying for cable. You have to, in fact, buy and pay into their uh, uh, Fox Plus channel, which they don't call it Fox Plus. They call it something else. And then that's the only place that you can see it is you have to pay the extra $10 a month for their plus channel, which they call it uh, a Fox exclusive or some damn thing. I forget what they call it. And then you get to see. So they're so important that they want the world to know how corrupt the Bidens are that they're willing to give you a blurb and tell you a commercial about it. But if you really want to see it, you got to buy into our plus channel and pay us extra money. That's how, that's how much they believe that they need to tell the whole world about how corrupt the Bidens are. We want to report on this, but you got to pay us an extra $10 a month to actually see it. Think about that. Think about that. That means that Fox is not, in fact, on the side of in service to others and trying to be the anti-cabal. 
Fox is, in fact, the cabal making you think they are blowing the whistle on the other side for the right amount of money. Send me money, send me green, heaven you will meet. Make your contribution, and you'll get a better seat. Bow to Leper Messiah. James Hetfield, when he wrote that, and when the band wrote that, they were talking about the evangelical Christians preaching to you that they're going to sell you a seat in heaven, which is basically their version of a stairway to heaven written uh, 30 years prior to them, 25 years prior to them writing that song by Led Zeppelin, Stairway to Heaven, which was the same song about a woman trying to buy her way into heaven trying to get out of this earth, thinking that they can use money to buy their way into heaven. And that uh, song by Metallica is basically the same story, but it's coming from the mind of the an evangelical saying to you, send me money, send me green, heaven you will meet, make your contribution, you'll get a better seat. And then, then the ego tells you, bow to leper messiah. Okay, You bow to that leper messiah, they'll, t- they'll give you the truth. Same thing. Fox is trying to tell you we're fair and balanced and we're for the people, man, and we're blowing the whistle on the world for an extra $10 a month. You can find out what we know. Okay, so they're not as as open and telling you the truth of, of the world that you think they are. They're telling you propaganda and spinning their shit to make themselves look good. And oh, by the way, we're also about trying to make money. So, if you want to know, that would be like me giving you a little tidbit for the law of one. Some people do it. And there's a justification for that. Right? I'm going to give you a knowledge. I'm going to give you information. I'm going to give you services that are going to help you to unlock this stuff. So, therefore, you should be paying me because that's the way things work in the 3D reality. Do you think that Jesus thought that way? Do you think that Mohammed thought that way? Do you think that Stephen Biko thought that way? Or you would know Nelson Mandela, who did survive and didn't get killed. Do you, uh, Martin Luther? Abraham Lincoln? There's other people in history that did the same thing. They got murdered for what they did because they gave it away for free. Fox Nation. Thank you, Denise. That's their plus channel. They call it Fox Nation. So they keep giving you, uh, all the time I turn on, especially Tucker. He's the biggest star on, on right now on Fox, uh, the network. So he's also the biggest star on Fox Nation. And if you watch his show at night, or even if you DVR it, watch it later, every chance he gets, he's got a commercial selling you Fox Nation. Every chance they get, they sell you at least one commercial about Fox Nation at every commercial break. At every commercial break, they're trying to sell you Fox Nation. And they're giving you content. All networks are doing this. They're giving you the best content they have. They've now moved away from what you're already paying for. You're already paying your cable company to watch their network. And now you're paying the cable company to watch cable network. And now you're paying the cable companies to watch high-definition cable network. And now you have to pay the network directly if you want to have them show you their best programming. Every single network has it. 
and they're all putting this exclusive shows only on those networks, and it's usually their plus 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 because one that has like three or four pluses now. And then when you realize that like ABC owns ESPN and Paramount and Disney and all these other channels, they pay for each one of those. And channels that you're not paying attention to, like USA and TNT and all these other channels, Sci-Fi and all these other channels, History Channel, like History's owned by Disney, right? They make you pay individually for all those too. And then those all have their plus networks now. So that's the new pay-per-view. They don't call it pay-per-view anymore because people stop paying for pay-per-view. Even uh, even the, uh, the M- MMA, the UFC went to pay-per-view, but they don't call it that. It's ESPN Plus because the cabal bought it from Dana, from Dana White and his brother. They were the original owners of UFC. Now they're not. He's just the CEO now. He's, he got to stay on, but he doesn't own it anymore. He sold it to the cabal. So now ABC, which owns uh, CNN or, or, or ESPN, sorry, and Disney. I believe that's Disney. So they own the History Channel and all those other. You have to pay for Disney Plus, History Channel Plus. Besides, you have to pay for the cable channel, History, ESPN, Disney. So you pay extra money. But it's not $10 for just the channel. They give you a package of shit they own. They give you a package of four or five of their channels that one network owns for $10 a month. But each one of those networks, you have to pay another 5 to $10 a month to watch the best programming. And what makes you think they're not going to have a Plus Plus channel where they have even better programming? Because it's not going to end with the first one. So all of them are bullshit. Even Fox is bullshit. But like churches, because all of the religions are bullshit, right? You you can still ignore what I'm saying, live your life, and and be in, in ignorant, right? Ignorance is bliss. If you don't know, and you don't want to get involved in the higher magic, the higher uh, spirituality. Pardon me as I'm burping. The higher spirituality. You can live a mundane life and not know any of this and not care and have no care in the world and you can still be a good person and still be a great person and not and be in, in service to others and choose that way of life and be a positive influence on everybody around you and not have to worry about any of this. And I try to warn people before they go down the road, that's part of the, my defense against the dark arts, you're going to get to a certain place where it's a point of no return. It's, it's that seminal point in your spirituality. You either know a thing or you continue to not know a thing. Most of you who keep tuning in, you've already passed that point. And you're already stuck. There's no going back. You can't unsee it. You can't unlearn it. But I try to warn people that, it, that it's, it's a serious matter because you become a target. And then you have to learn how to defend against things. So, yes, to get all the way back to the question earlier by Casey, you have to learn how to cast spells to protect your soul and your physical body by reflection, reflecting, not fighting. You don't need to fight anything or anyone. You need to psychologically get into a place where you're defending your mind. 
You need to have your body to a place where you can physically defend your body. So learning martial arts, exercising, becoming strong physically, eating properly, drinking the proper things, that all helps the body and that helps the mind and that helps the spirit. All of this has to be balanced. That's the kundalini. That's the balance of the energies that are that is the all, that are the all. Okay, so you need to take care of your body. You need to take care of your mind. You need to, you have to be aware, physically aware of your surroundings and whether a person is a physical threat to you, aware of your surroundings and whether a person is a psychological threat to you, aware of your surroundings and what is a spiritual threat to you. You can't let your guard down of any of that at any time. You don't have to go insane and be paranoid. That's fear. Okay. But you need to be aware. Knowledge is wisdom. Wisdom is knowledge. Both of those things go hand in hand. And you can't have one without the other. Well, you can. But if you have both, you can't live a life of ignorance with knowledge and wisdom. And, it, and to live a, a life of not being a victim and not being victimized, you have to be aware of your spirit, your mind, and your soul, and the possibility of all three of those things, independently of each, becoming under attack by energies residing in that realm or plane of existence, physical, mental, and, you know, mental, psychological, and spiritual. So you have to become a physical warrior, a mental warrior, and a spiritual warrior. But what you have to realize, and here's the most important thing, is that you already are. <laughs> you already are. You just have to remember it. That's what they've taken from you, and they don't want you to remember. That's why I tell people, I'm not teaching you something you don't already know. I'm trying to help you to remember something you forgot. Right? Oh, and then he says, it's ridiculous not paying. Well, no, it, it is in a sense. Don't get me wrong. I'm not putting people down for charging. Right, and I'm not saying that I'm going to charge for, uh, for for stuff. There will be a time when I will charge for certain things, but I believe that certain knowledge, this knowledge, for instance, is knowledge that I shouldn't have to charge for. I may start doing that because people don't take you serious unless they have to pay for it. Right? When I was when I was taught my by my first Reiki master teacher, which I talked about in the chat. If you guys were in the chat of returning to the old ways. I talked about last night, I talked about um, the very first time I ever saw somebody channeling someone, and it was a woman, a high priestess channeling um, Holy Mary, Jesus' mother. And I was in the room with her and touched her, shook her hand, and looked into her eyes and had a conversation with her. She actually came to me. And... I've since then seen people, witnessed people channeling. And I'll tell you that I saw that woman when she came in as a priestess. I have the gift of sight. I can look into your soul. I can look in your eyes and I can see your soul and I can see whether you're good or evil. That's one of the natural abilities that I brought with me in this life. That's why when I look at people, evil people knows, they know I can see their evil in there. And that's what makes them afraid so they get angry with me and then they become evil and they want to do as much 
uh, uh, damage to me as they can. They can't do it physically, so they'll lie behind my back and try to tell people shit about me and try to make people afraid of me by saying, oh, that guy, look out for that guy, you know, this guy, that, or that guy, this. I, ha- I, was, I was told one time, I didn't know this, I had worked at this, I was a manager, an assistant at the time for this company, and I, and I was working in the city of Antioch in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I was unaware that this happened until years later, and then I was told about it. But I was actually dating one of the assistant managers at the time we had met in a different store when she was a customer, and then I hired her, and then eventually she became an assistant manager, and we were both in the same store. We were dating while we were in that store, and then we broke up. I was unaware that that she was then angry with me and she was spreading rumors about me to the whole staff, which was mostly women. In fact, she even took the staff in and showed them a desk chair, right? And not a wooden one, right? You know, desk chair with a, you know, with a pad and all that, normal black ones. And showed a stain on the chair and said, he has had sex with everybody in this, uh, in this uh, 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 place, all the women in this place. But the women that she was talking to were like, I never had sex with them. Right. But no, not you guys, but everybody else. I, I apparently I was getting laid a lot. I was unaware of this, but I had a reputation that was being told that I was having sex with everything that moved in the office, in the warehouse, after work. I was like, damn, I wish I was getting a third of the play that she had that they all believed I was having. I would have really been a happy guy. I was in my 20s. I was actually in my 30s at the time. I was like 31, 32, 33 years old. I'm like, damn, there was like. 50 women that worked there. If I would have slept with one third of them, I would have been a happy man. They were all good looking. They were between 18 and 27. There was a couple that were older, but the average age was probably about 25 years of age. Oh man, hell yeah, they were all good looking. Right? But apparently, yeah, Denise is laughing, one lucky guy. Apparently, I was having a lot of sex that I didn't know about. And then years later, somebody said, Do you know that, that, that there was rumors that you were having sex with everybody? I'm like, I had sex with one person. In the entire time that I worked at that in that in that store, and that was the person that apparently was telling everybody that I was having sex with everybody, and then they were telling everybody, "Look out for him. He's he'll he'll hit on you. He'll hit on you because she didn't want me to have sex with anybody else." So she was telling everybody that, "Look out. He's going to hit on you because he's going to want to have sex with you because that's what he does," which was untrue. Although I did in fact date another person I worked with. After that, when I left that store, I went to another uh, company that that company owns, and I actually ended up dating a, a cashier, right? But that was it. That was the, Those were the only two people I ever worked with and then slept with. I, I once dated a, a secretary's daughter, but, but, that, but that only was like one date, and we didn't hit it off, and that was it. And we didn't have sex. Okay? So truthfully, in my entire life, out of all the people I've ever worked with, I've only slept with two women that I ever worked with, ever, okay? But apparently, I have this reputation in most places where, for some reason, they say I'm a horn dog and I'm having sex with everything that moves. I'm like, fuck. And then it made me wonder... Out of you know all the times that I've heard stories about other guys and other women about you know oh, that guy man that guy's having sex with everybody, I'm wondering now I, all my whole life should I have gone up to him and said listen hey man you know there's a rumor that you have sex with everybody, because 
It's, it could be the same shit. Somebody just made the shit up. So so apparently everybody in the store was afraid of to even get near me. And at the time I was a young stud. I'm not I'm not gonna kid you. I can show you pictures. I've shown pictures on, on the air where people have gone, oh my god, really? And they're like, that was so not you. No, 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 that was me. You saw pictures of me when I was when I was married. When I got married at 24. Not a joke. It, it was only because now I have gray hair and I'm going bald. Right. But the truth is, I've never had that problem. However, when I'm at work. I've never, I've, I looked at women and thought, man, if we didn't work together, these, this chick saw it. That one, she's beautiful. I would marry that one. I was accused by my first wife of having an affair with a woman I never slept with, who in fact ended up sleeping with my brother-in-law before he was my brother-in-law, and had a kid who just had a baby like three, four days ago, maybe, maybe five days ago, right? I introduced them. My my second wife and myself introduced this woman who I was accused by my first wife of having an affair with, which I didn't, which she was hot. If I was a cheating guy, I would have. I could have. But I didn't. Right? Everybody else did. I mean, and she admittedly had sex with a lot of people. She'll tell you that even today. Right? But I never had sex with her. And it wasn't because she didn't try. It was because I was married. And I don't cheat. Not that she wasn't my type. She was, in fact, blonde hair, blue eyed, thin. Okay. She was and still is my type, but I have never slept with her. So that even my first wife was paranoid and thinking that I was that I was going to have sex with somebody else or that I, you know, probably because she heard the stories. Right? <laughs> so uh, so my reputation is is very promiscuous. And I have been in my life very promiscuous, but most of the places where I'm where I'm rumored to be, right on the desk chair, Bob Denise, I love you. <laughs> Where's the weirdest place you ever made whoopie whoopie? On the desk chair, Bob, and that'd be in the butt, Bob. On the desk chair, Bob. That's fucking hilarious. I love you. See, where's Ariel now? She was here earlier, and now she checked out, and here we are going down this road again. It's because it's getting late. I'm getting tired, and I'm going down the sexual road because I'm a dumbass, right? But but is, this is the stuff that people, like, well, how does this tie into the law of one, Leo? Get back on point. It, it, what happens is people, when they're hurt, they say shit and they become, they start doing evil things. That's like, you know, the Ten Commandments don't bear false witness. People do that when they're hurt and upset. And I upset this woman because I broke up with her. And that happened because we were both alcoholics and we drank all the time. And she every time we were drinking, she told me how much she loved me. And she wanted to marry me, but she never said that when we were sober, ever, right? But get a drink in her, and all of a sudden, I love you. I want to marry you. I so much love you. You're my soulmate. The next morning, I would be like, hi, baby, I love you. And she's like, you know what, dude? Just don't get all crazy with that shit on me. I'm like, last night, that's all you said to me. You were giving me fucking haikus all night long and, and talking about the future, and I was drunk. I don't remember that. You know, you see my point? So then I finally said to her one night, which really pissed her off, and that was the, the downfall. That was the end of our relationship. When she was like, I, I so love you. And, and it was a bad timing. We just had sex. But, at the, you know, I, I, I love you. I'll tell you what. You tell me that tomorrow when you're sober, and I'll believe it. That's what I said to her. Okay, so maybe I shouldn't have said it right after we had sex. Right? Maybe it was bad timing on my part. But it needed to be said because she was saying it all the time. I'm like, sex is great. I'm not saying I, I couldn't have been in love with her. At that moment, do I think I was in love with her? No, no. Did I love her? Yes. I have fallen in love with her in a second. She was six foot two, 
blonde hair, blue eyes, Viking Celt, right? Not a joke, right? She, I don't know what she looks like now. I'm sure she's still six foot two, <laughs> blonde hair, blue eyes. Although I don't think the blonde, I think the blonde was bottle blonde. Um, I think her hair was a, was an auburn color or a, or a darker color. Either way, it doesn't matter. She was still very Viking Celt. Um, my type and tall, uh, uh, blonde hair, blue eyes. She could have dark hair and blue eyes. I love black Irish women. I have them posted on my Facebook page. You can go there and see black Irish women pasted on my post on, in my fucking albums, right? Movie stars that are black Irish. One's Canadian, one's American, but they're both on there anyway. Um, and so she was my type completely. And, it, but she would only say that when we were drinking. And then I said, say it when you're sober. And she got mad at me. I was like, fuck you. And then, then that started and that was it. Then she was just evil. Right. And then we broke up and then she was calling me names. And apparently you're spreading rumors about me having sex everywhere uh, when I wasn't. I don't know how far that lasted. That's just like uh, uh, one of the girls that was a uh, 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 head admin for me and at uh, Ancient Aliens Worldwide. She was so obsessed with me. She may still be. Um, it's been almost six years. In fact, it had, I think it has been six years. It's five or six years since I kicked her out of my group. And she spent most of that time obsessed with talking shit about me. I never had sex with this woman. She's married. She lives a fucking thousand miles away from me. Right? Maybe even long, further. She's almost on the East Coast. Okay? And, and she was so angry with me that... He went off. I had this is no joke. There was another woman that I met that man, had I not been messing around with my first wife and ended up married to her. In fact, we were divorcing then. So if, if I wasn't if I had divorced is quicker, the apartment manager that I moved in with, red hair, pale skin, freckles, blue eyes, again, a Celt. Super attractive. I didn't know where she lived. I moved into this apartment. Turns out she lived across the hall from me, okay? And we, there was sexual tension between the two of us. At the time, I was, you know, I just getting divorced, so I was 31, right? Oh, no, I was 27. I was even younger. Hadn't even turned 30 yet. She was about the same age. She was super hot. I would have gotten with her, and I was starting to work on it, right? Well, I ended up leaving because I got back together with my first wife, and we stopped the divorce. And so I was leaving, and, I, and I'm young, I'm stupid, so I broke my lease. And I, and I moved out without giving her notice. I just moved out like in the fucking middle of the day. I rented a truck and started loading my shit up and moved out and then told her, oh, by the way, I moved out. She got so mad at me, she came to my job. This is hilarious that my secretary was, <laughs> she came in. My secretary was sitting out there. I'm in my office. She comes into my office and she's psycho mad at me. But the way she's acting towards me as if, I was her boyfriend or husband, and we broke up. Okay? And I mean, literally, at one point, she even took her hands and said, I'm so mad at you, and she put them up to my throat. I could choke you and kill you. The secretary thought she was my wife or my girlfriend that I broke up with. She, that's how much sexual tension we had between the two of us, and that literally, the conversation wasn't, I can't believe that you moved out without telling me she came down and was angry with me for leaving her right so obviously had i stayed there we would have been a thing looking back on it i divorced ended up divorcing that first wife looking back on it 
It might not have been a bad idea, except the fact that she was psycho when we were not, in fact, ever had done anything except for we hadn't even really flirted much. There was just a lot of sexual tension there, and we both knew where it was going. Okay? So we would have ended up together had I not gotten back together with my wife that I eventually divorced anyway, or she divorced me, quote, unquote. Right. There are certain people you have to let them break up with you and make it their idea so that they believe that it was their idea and they'll go away. She would have been one. I don't remember her name. She was super good looking. She would have been one, I believe, because I moved out and that was all crazy enough. So if I had had sex with her or had children with her, she probably would have murdered me. So I probably wouldn't be here today had I actually had, had a, a relationship with that woman. <laughs> that would have been in the butt, Bob. <laughs> it would have been a, gun, a shotgun maybe up my butt. Uh, or it would have been, what's her name? The, was it Babbitt that cut the guy's uh, winky off with a pair of scissors? It would have been like that, <laughs> right? So, okay. Evil people do these things, right? And it's outright craziness when you see it crazy like that. You see it in movies and on television where people do stupid shit and they murder somebody. Or you have a murder-suicide. Those are things that you see and you get. There's this subculture of things that go on that you don't even know about. Sexually, physically, spiritually, okay? That happen all across the world in the universe. It's part of the dichotomy that's part of the yin and the yang. That is not in the open. And the first step in avoiding that trap is knowing of its existence. So the first thing you have to realize, and this is what Raw is covering here, delve into shit like this we got like what two questions three questions in and i spent the rest of the time because this is how important this stuff is do you understand those of you listening on the mp3 file hopefully you're understanding this that i haven't been just rambling to ramble okay you need to realize that's what raw is trying to show you here and i'll and i'll back it up we'll start next week and i'll get through this and I'll, and I won't like ex except for when it has to be done. I'm gonna stop. Know this. If you want to learn the law of one and you don't want to know what Rome is really saying that I am aware of now, more than I was before. Okay, and you don't want to know this, but you just want to figure it out yourself. You can. I tell you every episode where you can go to find. You can order the book from Amazon. You can order the book from LL Research Group. You can go to lawofone.info. No spaces. Right. And you can then read the entire six books or press play on every question and listen to actual the actual recording of Carla and Dawn actually channeling. Right. You can do all that. You can go to, to Muffy Moose on YouTube. Law of One Muffy Moose. Go to there and you can watch every single episode that I used to play for you. If you don't want my interpretation, if you don't want me giving you what's behind what he is saying, and you can figure it out on your own, you don't need me, by all means, go and do that. And you won't need me. But for those of you who want to understand and really unpack, I mean, really unpack. No, the first thing I did was really translate the words for you to understand. If that's what you want, I have to do it. Okay, it's not on YouTube anymore platform. You can go to Facebook. You can go to Orion Rising on Facebook. Uh, uh, go, you know, to my videos on Orion Rising, the page, and you can scroll backwards in time, and you can go from episode one, session one, all the way to session 106, and you'll hear me translating and giving you a rough synopsis of what Raw was telling you, if that's what you want. It's there.
but otherwise I'm trying to give you all of the information and show you in reality what Raw's trying to say to get past all of the algorithms that's esoteric. And I'm sure there's stuff that I won't catch. Because that just happens. It happens in everything. If I read the Bible and you read it a hundred times, you're going to get a hundred different uh, things that you're going to realize. As your spiritual mind grows, as your spirituality grows, it's going to unlock more and more things. Everything does that. It's just a natural progression. So in five years, the law of one, I'm probably going to listen to it. I've said this before. I'm probably going to read it again and go, oh, wow, man, there's some shit in there that I never even thought of. Right, Denise says, I like when you get sidetracked. It's not really being sidetracked either, truthfully. And I say this because some people are just like, you were so not on topic. And I'm like, actually, I was. And if you listen, I bring it back around in it, and it's just another parable. Right? It had to do with the energy change and transference. Let me explain the whole sexual thing. I just went down that whole course, right, and talked about and gave you what happened to me in my life. The energy, let's start with the redhead and go backwards. The energy that was given off between the two of us in what was playing out in front of someone who had no idea what was happening, the energy that was there was interpreted because it was there. That we were, in fact, an item, and I broke up with her and left her. It is what happened on a physical level in some ways on a psychological level, but not on a spiritual level, okay? Not only was she the manager and I left and pissed her off, but I hurt her feelings because she had feelings for me and knew that we were going to get together. And then I left her for my wife who I was supposed to be divorcing, went back to my wife. So there was really a relationship that was starting there and then I didn't even discuss it with her and just abandoned her. And then all of the anger that she had for any man that's ever done that to her, she was taking out on me. So to, to the person, the lay person, as it were, the person who doesn't know the story and that that was my manager, what they saw was a breakup that went bad. And that she literally chased me to my work to tell me how fucking pissed off she was at me, because she did. I never saw her again after that. She didn't physically actually do anything to me, but I could tell that I hurt her in a deeper way than just I broke the lease and made her look bad uh, as a manager because somebody ran. Because you can live with that. That shit happens. But there was something more that she was knowing was going to happen and that I felt it too and that there was the, the, the potential of her and I to have an actual relationship, and then who knows what would happen from then, whether it would just been a sexual relationship or if it would have moved into something else, you know, more permanent. I don't know, right? But she felt it, and, and that was being played out in, in her coming to me and not just, I can't believe that you broke the lease and split. You're an asshole. Why did you do that? I could sue you for this and screw up your credit. That wasn't the conversation at all. The conversation was a hurt woman who someone who she was planning and investing her emotions in just fucked her and left her, which I didn't do, but it was a good thing I didn't because then I didn't feel that bad, but I knew at that moment that she was more invested in an in a emotional way to us than I was, and then I felt bad for that. 
right? Okay, so that was that scenario. And that is the energy, I'm trying to show you, energy that transfers from one person to another that is more than just uh, what you think is happening. And sometimes that happens, you don't know that it's happening. I was kind of aware of it, but I was young. And so any woman who was would flirt with me, I was flirting with. And if it turned into something more good, and if it didn't, who cares? We had that moment of flirting, and that was the way I was. I was arrogant. I was young. Hey, yeah, of course she's good looking. Of course she likes me. I'm the stippler. Of course everybody likes me, even the gay guys. Everybody wants to fuck me. I'm the stippler. That's, that was my character. I was that guy. <laughs> okay? I laugh. I love the stiffler in American Pie and American Pie 2. And then they all misunderstood him because they thought he was this macho guy and he was going to freak the fuck out when he found out he was in a gay bar. Hell no. He was like, look, even the gay guys love me. I'm the stiffler, dude. Even the gay guys are in love with me. That's how cool I am. I'm the stiffler. Okay, that was me. I was not arrogant to where I was like that far, but I was close. And, and the guys I hung out with, we were like that, but we were humble. When we would go out, I told you this before, I think. Some of you know this. When we would go out, we knew and we were aware of that. And we were really good-looking guys. No joke. Long hair, many earrings. At the time, we were dressed like vampires. We had long hair down to our, our almost to our waist. We had multiple piercings. I have two that I just took out, but I used to have three. And I used to wear really long earrings that dangled down. I looked like this just vampire rocker dudes. That's what we did. And we went, we wore long overcoats. And we went out to go dancing, and all the women looked at us, and we would look at the table and on purpose go, there's the hot chick, and she's got all the uh, Bettys with her that make her look pretty. So we would get up purposely and walk over and make it look like we were making a beeline for the hottest chick at the table, and we would pick the one that was the one that was the homeliest, knew she was, and had low self-esteem, and we would go up to her after we walked up like we were going to go to the hot chick and then we would pass by the hot chick and ignore her like what are you doing get out of my way and then walk up to the whole, to the to the girl whoever she was whether she was super fat or just ugly or plain compared to everybody else and you knew it there was that one girl that everybody looks at and goes yeah we got her with us cuz we make her look prettier and she makes me look prettier and then we would ask her to dance to make her feel better and have better self esteem from having the hot guy ignore all the chicks that are her friends to come and dance with her. It wasn't that we were trying to have like one of those nights where people go, oh, let's go do, you know, hog night where we pick the fattest chick and we get laid. We didn't do that. We were doing this on purpose to knock down the super hot chick a few pegs and to help the self-esteem of the girl who thought she wasn't the super hot chick. And that's what we did at bars on purpose. Never, hardly ever did we dance with the best-looking chicks in the place. They wanted to dance with us, but they didn't want to come up to us. And when they did, we'd be like, no, no, it's cool. No, I'm sitting this one out. And then we'd go and find another table where there was another chick. Hey, you, you want to dance? No? Okay. In suits, ties, long overcoats, long hair. We had a lot of fucking money. We were GQ Republicans. We had a lot of fucking money, and so we were throwing money around, buying drinks for everybody. So everybody knew we had money. And when the women would say, are you rich? If we wanted to impress them, we'd go, of course I am. Right? Even though we weren't. We worked hard for our money, but we blew a lot of cash. That's what we did. We were young. We were in our 20s. That's what you do. You blow most of your money on drinks. We used to talk about our money. 
by how many Mai Tais we could buy. I'm not kidding you. My friends and I, I they would say, how much money do you got? I got 14 Mai Tai. That meant I have enough uh, enough cash to buy 14 Mai Tai. <laughs> right. So we'd go out for breakfast after we got drunk. We'd go out to breakfast. We always had a designated driver by, or we had a taxi, one or the other. And we would go out for breakfast at one of the stores, Denny's most of the time, or Lions. Those were the ones that were open 24 hours. And then we would, then sometimes we would drink Mai Tais there because they used to serve alcohol in these places, right? So we did that on purpose to give, to make girls feel better about themselves because we know in high school and when you're in your 20s, let's let's be serious. If they haven't gotten married yet and the women aren't pregnant, they're still high school. Men are the same way. Women are still a little more, more mature in their 20s than men are in their 20s. But it's still high school until until it gets serious, right? So the pecking order is still the same. All the all that the girl hate is still the same. The boy hate is still the same. All that's still going on because high school just ended a couple years ago. So it's just the clicks are still still the same clickies. It's until, once you get kids, all that changes. And then your whole life has to change. You stop hanging out with those friends, and you only hang out with friends who have kids. And then you all have to become adults because you can't act like that anymore around your kids. So that stuff ends by the time you're in your 30s and it's done unless you're really trying to hold on to your 20s and your teens. And then it's all drama and you become a trailer trash uh, family, right? And you're still trying to be a 12-year-old, right? So the energy exchange that happened between the redhead and me was, was, was uh, on a different level than just a person who was, in fact, renting an apartment. Okay? was on a different level and then she was then expending energy to be in service to self self-serving by making sure that no one she knew or worked with ended up dating me she didn't want to see that happen so she was spreading rumors about me being evil behind my back spreading rumors about me so that nobody would touch me so that I would have to go outside of her uh, circle to find somebody. So that way she wouldn't be humiliated, right, by having someone that she worked with dating me. Oh, or, you know, and that happens the other way around, too, with men. So that's, that's what happens. And, and see, that's an example of, of something going wrong and how we, on a physical, psychological level, exchange energies. And that's the bearing false witness uh, in coveting my brother's wife or whatever, right? But then there's the darker stuff, the energy vampire stuff, where they literally take your positive energy and take your aura from you. Your aura is the is the culmination of the balancing of your energy, the kundalini, the masculine, the feminine, the war and the peace, the hate and the love, the, the light and the darkness in you and what you are. If you're in service to others, your, your uh, aura is more red than it is blue or green or, or all of the, the rainbow. And uh, if it's if you're in service to uh, others instead of in service to self, it's more vibrant and it can go into the gold range, into the violet, into the white. It could be a culmination of all the chakras so people can see all of the rainbow in your uh, aura uh, and it can be tracked. And then the positiveness that is you that people feel. I feel his energy. I love this guy's energy. He has like a good energy. That is the energy that is your aura energy, that is your spiritual side, not your physical, but it is the culmination of your physical, mental, spiritual, complex totality. Do you understand? For instance, Jesus had an aura that was 
yards and yards wide. They say it was 12 to 15 feet around him. The average person has an aura of about two or three feet. Okay. So that aura of Jesus was, and, and then your energy, I've told you stories about how people say my energy arrives before I do by sometimes minutes. My energy shows up in a place that I'm going to while I'm projecting that I'm going to that place, you already start thinking about that place and you start thinking about the people that are there and you have invested energy into them. And what happens is some people can sense your energy. It's the same thing with being online when I'm talking online. I know that some of you sense my energy and I sense your energies. Okay. And some people come into a room like this where we're to where we're chatting or if I'm talking and and many times and we're having conversations with people and they'll come in and go, wow, man, I've done webinars where people come in and go, oh, my God, the energy in here is insane. It's so cool. This energy is wow. I can feel the energy. And they're a thousand miles away, three thousand miles away, five thousand miles away. But they came into a chat room and now they've plugged into this chat room. And all of a sudden, they can feel the energy coming off of all of the people in that chat room. Why is that? Right? That's because our energy is transcendent through space and time. You need to know that. Positive energy, you already know. Negative energy is doing the same thing. Do you understand? And they know about it far more than people who are in service to others because when you're in service to others they have taken that knowledge from you erased it from you finding it people like me who find it are because you vibrate to a place where it starts to become knowledge that you gain from the universe casey you know what i'm talking about i know that you know what i'm talking about peter you know what I'm talking about. Denise, you are aware of it, and you're really starting to know what I'm talking about. Some of you that were in this audience that, that hear me and that are out there and make comments, you're starting to learn. But Peter, I know you know, and Casey, I know for a fact that you too know what I'm talking about. Okay, and Denise is really there. Denise, you know. You're just not as aware as Casey and Peter. Trust me. Not. I'm not saying that because I'm trying to say that you're less than. I'm just saying that those two souls are far, far older than you can imagine. <laughs> okay. You've been around for a long time, Denise. You're an old soul. Okay. But Casey, I know, is a very old soul. And Peter, I've known for about 175,000 years. Okay. So I know that how old Peter is. <laughs> Approximately. Peter's soul and mine have known each other for a very, very, very long time. And Casey, you've been there. We've met in other lives. And the fact that our lives parody so much that we even know about the butt bob is weird. And we've had conversations where there's other things in your life that has parodied mine. It's really weird that we have the same things happen to us in the weird way at the same times in weird places. That's been bizarre, right? And I, and I think that's because of you being a wanderer. And I think those are things that were supposed to draw your attention and my attention so that we continued to work together to to help us, you know, like like I do with Peter and like you do with other people that we come in contact with. We all find that there's something that we have in common when you look 
and you go, yeah, isn't that weird? And then you'll find that something in your past, in your, in your life that was very similar to what they went through or did, or even the exact same. And that's something that is the universe is, is showing us that means we were supposed to meet in this life and see these things so that we'd be more familiar with one another because we're both oh, doing the same thing. Right. So I'm not trying to say, you know, Casey, I'm saying that because I'm attracted to you and we're supposed to get together. And and that's my way of, of, of hitting on you and showing you that you and I, you know, down the road. <laughs> OK, so I'm, I don't want you getting that idea. Right. If that were going to happen, you would know it. I would know it. And something would happen and we would figure that out later on. But that's not why I'm saying that. <laughs> Just so you know. Right. I have that. I have that habit, too. Right. Because, yes, thank you. We're helping each other. Yes, we are. Uh, the reason I say that is because I've, I've had other people to where I had no idea that they thought for some reason that I was attracted to them and they think they need to have that conversation with me. And I'm like, why are we having this conversation? Right. And and and, uh, and I'm not going to say, you know, who. Uh, right. She's not here right now. Uh, but I've had you know people do that to her. I'm like, wait. So for some reason, somebody told them something. Or I said something in a way that had her thinking that I was attracted to her to where she felt like she needed to make sure that I realized that we were just friends. And I'm like, okay, I get it because you're a woman and most men are dogs. And if you're nice to them in any way, they think that that's that they're in and that she must like me. I get that. So I don't get annoyed when people do that. But sometimes I go, you know, that's not what I was trying to get across. So I make sure now I learned in, in management school that whenever you're dealing with, in fact, we were taught as men to be robots around women and to not even be in a, in a room with a door closed with another female that you worked with in any way to make sure that you had someone in there. And that's not a joke to make sure you had someone in there so that they would not in any way feel intimidated uh, in a physical way or a psychological way or a sexual way in any way so that that would just take you and remove that from the equation altogether, right? So, uh, so, so basically, we have that conversation with women without you knowing that we're having that conversation. We're trying to let you know, right? No flirting, right? But people think that I that I send, you know, the, you know that you're flirting, but you're not. Well, see, I am a flirt. And I will flirt with people. I don't care who you are. And if you're around me long enough, you'll know that I do that. And that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, I'm flirting because I think that you're attracted to me because you were being nice to me. And it also doesn't mean that that means that I think I want to have sex with you. I'm a guy, so I want to have sex with everybody. Okay? I, that, so it doesn't matter. It's just me. So get that out of the way right off. I'm a flirt, so I'm going to flirt with you. Whether you're 110 or whether you're five years old, if you're a female, I'm going to flirt with you. And if you're some guys, I'm going to flirt with you. Okay. So let's be honest. I'm open to it that way. That's one of the reasons why Ariel loves talking to me because she's very sexual and very open. And I'll get going uh, with her. She'll get going. And it kind of pisses some people off, like, oh, you know, say Mike or boyfriend. And, and I'm like, dude, I'm not flirting with her because I'm trying to have sex with her. I'm flirting with her because it's, that's like, it's a sexual thing, but it's not the same as giving somebody a foot rub. Right. Let's go back to Pulp Fiction. Right. <laughs> Wait a minute. Marcellus Wallace threw a motherfucker out of a window because he gave a foot massage to Mia Wallace. <laughs> yeah, man. A foot massage is a foot massage. Right. That's something. I, now, and, and when people say that's not true, I'm telling you right now, if I give you a foot massage and we don't have sex afterwards, I didn't do it right. Okay. 
I used to give foot massages to my girlfriends and wives because it was foreplay. I was good at it. I still am. I know the actual erogenous zones, okay, that you can look this up with the palm of your hand. They also have these on your feet, okay? You can look this shit up. I know where to touch on a woman's foot that is going to make you get sexually aroused. And when I give you a foot massage, I'm hitting those fucking spots, okay? And if you let me give you a massage, shoulders, hands, you're done because I know where to pinch. I know where to touch. I know where to apply pressure, where not to, right? Yeah, right. Denise is usually 80-year-old men flirt with you. Old men, you know, old men because they, they, you know, they, yeah, you're younger. So, hell yeah, right? That's just the way men are. When they get older, they, they, women don't want to have sex at a certain point, and they just look at a man and go, get away from me, right? So they, look, they, they start looking at younger women because younger women are still uh, sexually active. When you get in your 60s, 70s, 80s, especially when you get in your 70s, 80s, and 90s, women are just, they turn it off. No, done with that. It's not all, not all, right? Because some still want to have sex. That's why the sexually transmitted diseases are higher in retired people in retired communities than they are of around 20-year-olds. Not a joke. Because older people are still having sex, and they're and at that point, they're like, hey, I got 10 years left. I'm dying anyway, or I'm on the last part of it, so everybody's fucking everybody. Right. And so the, some of those older guys are still, uh, you know, still have testosterone and they're still wanting to have sex and have women their age don't want to have any part of it. So they start looking at younger women. Right. And you got to remember, if you're like in my age, I know you're like around my age. Right. So you're in your 50s. Uh, I don't think you're 60 yet. You're in your 50s to an 80 year old. You're 30 years younger. OK, so that's like somebody who's in his 30s looking at a 15 year old. Right. That's a pedophile, man. He's looking down at you. You're but then, you know, it's it's not as pronounced as if somebody is in their 20s looking at somebody in their teens. But it is, you know, it, it, they'll be akin to somebody in their 40s having a midlife crisis and looking at an 18 or a 20 year old. That's what he's doing. He's having another midlife crisis in his in his fucking 80s. And he's looking at you who's 40 years younger than him. <laughs> hey, baby. Right. <laughs> I hope when I'm 80, if I live that long, I hope I'm flirting with somebody your age. Hey, baby. <laughs> right okay it's late it's uh, almost 7 30 i gotta do dinner so but the, the you have to realize that there's an energy exchange i'm going to close now there's an energy exchange on the negative side that is part of their spirituality that they don't tell you about they keep it behind closed doors and you only learn about it if you get into that and start studying that or get into that whole thing of the S&M and the, and the whole. And there's magical sexual rights on both sides that go back to the beginning of time. And you hear about it in some things like in, in uh, uh, the Da Vinci Code, where uh, when, when, uh, uh, when uh, Sophia came home and grandfather was doing some ritual and they, if you watch the movie where it's not cut, you actually see him having sex and everybody's wearing costumes in there. And he's not doing evil satanic rituals. Okay, that's why when I said I talked about the religions on how the Druids were male and the and the Wiccans were female. And in the the, uh, 21 lessons of Merlin or the 18 lessons, depends on which book you read. He tells Merlin, tells uh, tells uh, uh, Arthur about the women stealing the sexual energy of men when you have sex. And men will tell you that women, you normally, you, you know this too. You have sex with a man. When you get done, you're not spent most of the time. You're not spent. You have more energy after you have sex 
than you did before you started having sex. Men is the other way around. We lose every fucking ounce of energy we have, and we're like, fuck, I, I can't even get a heart on. you got to give me about another fucking 15 minutes before I can work this up again. Because our energy is depleted into you. There's a transfer of energy that happens during sex, and the masculine energy is transmuted into the feminine. Why? Because the woman is the goddess who is the life creation. So in the energy of the man goes into the energy of the woman, and the woman transmutes that into life. So even if you're not doing that for the purpose of actually getting pregnant, that energy transfer is natural and it happens every time. So usually when sex is done and a man and a woman, even if you get off at the same time, the man is going to be fucking spent and the woman is going to have more energy. And so men talk about that. Is it bad that after we get done having sex, my wife wants to jump up and go to the gym? Or, you know, does that make me feel because I didn't expect. And But then sometimes sex is so fucking good that you guys both transfer the energy back and forth between you and you do end up both spent. Not just one, but both of you are like, holy fuck, that was great sex. Right? And that is because of the energy that has been transferred between the two of you in a different way. And I'm not going to get into that right now. Okay? But on the negative side, those people have energy that they take from you and get from you, from your fear, from dominating you in a spiritual way, in a physical way, in a psychological way, and all the above. All right. I got to go because my mom, I think, is going for food now on her own. Okay? So I got to go because I got to make dinner because she's hungry and she's not waiting for me. All right. You guys have a great night. I love you guys. And I'll see you next week.